Bring it in. Happy draft week to all that celebrate. It is the read option fresh off of uh, one of our better podcasts we've ever done. Hope everybody enjoyed the Ryan Leaf interview. Got some awesome feedback of it and uh, from it. And it was, like I said before, a ton of fun to do. Um, all that was great. But we're on to draft week. And for the second year in a row, today will be this pod will be our read option mock draft. We are each going to get picks. We're going to randomize the order, and it'll just kind of rotate down. We're going to do the full first round. Super excited about that. Get a full, in-depth look at some of our favorite players and some of our favorite fits as well. This isn't a big board. This is a draft. So we're this is going to be drafting based off of what we think that team needs, what will be a good fit, uh, which is honestly the more realistic part of the draft. Some people like big boards. Some people like the draft is what it is. Um, we got the whole crew together, naturally. Everyone's here, Scotty, Vito, the boys. And uh, we'll touch a little bit on the NBA stuff just to you know get going here as the playoffs are going. But this is a football podcast this week and uh, couldn't be more excited. So, fellas, how are we? Scotty was just in Vegas, and now all of a sudden now he's back in San Francisco based off of yeah, his background. Yeah, I'm a world traveler. I was in Austin right before that over the weekend. Uh, great town if you ever get a chance to go. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of exploring. I uh, didn't play golf. Uh, because we were there for a wedding. So, Austin, I'm coming back for you. Uh, just uh, I'll, I'll saddle up and, and hit a lime scooter, and we'll be ready to rock, boys. Um, but, no, it was, it, was a, it was a ton of fun. Congrats to Ellie and Mike, some of our dearest friends from college who got nice. married out there. And, uh, and yeah, man, Austin, great time. Now I'm back. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a good weekend as well. I did something that, Jeff, I think you'd love and something that you'd probably hate. So the thing that you'd love, again, I went to a Phillies game last night, and – Got to see that madness of uh, Kyle Schwarber. Oh my gosh, it was so cool to see all time, uh, all time throw out, all time ejection. It was perfect, it was beautiful because he had every right to be that upset, and everyone felt the same way on both teams. Which that's how you know it's a good, it's a good throw out when people are clapping who are Brewers fans who were there, which was great. Um, yeah. and then the thing that I, I can feel an eye roll coming. Which was so fun, though. I, I, I don't know how you'll fall on this. I went to a strings quartet on Friday, but it just covered Taylor Swift songs. Dude, it was so good. It was candlelit. It was at Bach Bar in Philly. And then we went up to the rooftop after that. It was an hour and it was hilarious. And it was so good. Like the, the strings quartet was really good. So anyway, I know this is a football podcast. I don't know how many other people are diehard draft and football fans mixed with Taylor Swift like me. But those of you out there. Uh, it was a great weekend. <laughs> we, see, we see you on this podcast. You, we, we, we validate you. Uh, love the string quartet. Right. Going to doing that. Uh, would have would have rather have heard, you know, maybe some Bach, some Mozart, you know, some classical music uh, and not um, her. But hey, hey, you know what? Music is subjective. And I know you are. The, you're like the biggest Taylor Swift fan I know, which is funny because. Again, you just wouldn't expect that coming. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's hilarious. No, I sound honestly, that does sound lovely. Um, and, and the best part is you don't have to like hear it's just a cover, so it is what right. it is. Uh no, that's cool, man. That's cool. And I am I'm jealous that you got to go to the ballpark and uh and see Schwarber throw uh just an all-time tantrum without it going. <laughs> it wasn't too much, 
It was the perfect amount. He was defending both teams. And uh, it was justified. Yeah, Hernandez, Hernandez, yeah just absolutely terrible. Uh, I also had a good weekend. Went uh, Saturday was a, a not wild, but just a crazy long day. I played softball for the first time this year. Uh, mm. Stretched out. The out hammies. <laughs> stretched out before the game. I was like, you're not going to overdo it. You're not going to hurt yourself, right? You want to be able to walk tomorrow. I had to bartend on Sunday. And uh, and I went out opening first at bat, triple off the fence. Just absolute rope. Wow. Right? Played some some lights out, little Brandon Inge, Inge one-hand barehanders from third base coming up the line. It was great. Uh, and then I woke up on Sunday and my body, my body still hurts two days later. Like my, mm, my quads yeah. hurt, my hamstrings hurt, my whole body hurts. Uh, but no, it was, it was good. It was fun. And then a friend of mine who lives in Austin, ironically, was out in Northern Virginia for a wedding. So I drove out to near where Scotty lives in an area called Front Royal. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. Beautiful, beautiful spot. Hung out with her uh, and her boyfriend down uh, on uh, by the Airbnb. Had a couple beers, got to catch up, which was lovely. On the way back to completely random, another friend from college I haven't talked to in months called me out of the blue, talked with him for an hour and a half. And then me and the boys, our new roommate, we went out and Hit the town, had some oh, beers yeah. with the with the boys. Uh, came oh, back and love then a good town. We we actually, and this will be the last thing I'll say because, but we built a a basketball net in our garage because we have like a twelve foot ceiling in our garage. Scotty shot on it. Um, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it's awesome, right? It's just a great setup. We have a nice big open garage. We come in and we played twenty one on this eight foot rim. Oh, and not, not to brag, but I won 21, nothing, nothing. And I don't know how Jesus. many times that's happened. Swish, uh, swish. Oh, swish. dude, I was, I, yeah, I yeah. Dude, <laughs> took it in the paint, little shimmies, double team the whole time. Absolutely dominated. <laughs> uh, and then we were doing uh, like a, you know, horse afterwards. And I might have held on to the rim a little too long and ripped it out of the wall. So ripped it out of the studs. Dude, that, no, no, that's just that's just ending the game with authority. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it was it was something. It was something. I, I forgot to mention too, I had a moment, and this maybe falls under the RSL category, but I think it's worth sharing. At the game, I like a ball was coming up over uh the net because we were behind the net, but it you know, sometimes I'll hit it, pops up over, and it's coming, and I'm like, oh, it's coming towards us. And I I left hand like bear grabbed it right over this like person in the row in front of me. So I had height on them, but I like grabbed this ball. And then I look and see that he, it's like him and his little kid who must be like four. And so instantly, right. I'm like, Oh, here you go, kid. Like, here's the ball. And then I realized like, did I just totally emasculate this dad of like, grab this ball, give yeah, it to because, his kid. Yeah. Like, you became me, the hero. Yeah. Remember well, me. Cause I caught this ball for you. Dude, not you, buried you, you have to, you caught a ball at a at a baseball game. Yeah, I, and I haven't even done that. I know. Yeah, it, I've all, I I love it, man. I'm I'm a lucky guy. But yeah, it just came right towards me, and I was sitting there like I think this is coming down. Just stood up, and like luckily there weren't that many people, and I just like snagged it. So you definitely you definitely emasculated his dad, no question. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. If I could go back, I would have let him just catch it for sure. Yeah, like I think you have the kid, to. I think the kid thinks you're his dad now. <laughs> I think I I owe something in support. I don't know what happens, but yeah. Dude, that's wild, man. Holy yeah. shit. Well, you have to give the ball to the kid yes. at that point. No question. No and then, question. Uh, but then you're the hero now, not his we've, dad. His dad's sitting the there age. like, <laughs> we have passed the age of being able to keep a ball if you catch it, right? The first yes. thing you got to do when you go to a ball game is you got to look around. Find you the gotta, kids. You got to yeah. find the kid nearby because that feeling of getting a ball as a kid, because so many of us were deprived of that 
if you don't do that, you are just a massive asshole. Right. There, there's yeah. just no other option. You have to do that. So good for you for doing it. And then you get to tell the story of I caught a fucking ball at a baseball game. Yeah. Um, did now the question is we I guess it was the national broadcast too on ESPN. Mm. I, I wonder if there was any footage of this. Let's go yeah, back gotta, to the archive. Good question. I got to call in some favors. I know some yeah. people up in Bristol. I got to say, hey, give me the lost tapes. We need the lost need veto All tapes. the footage. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, some quick news and notes here before we get to the draft. Uh, NBA wise, the playoffs have been awesome. Really electric stuff. Most of the series of the, the eight first round series we have, five of them are pretty comfortable. We have Boston up 3 0 against. Brooklyn, not, I definitely wasn't expecting that. I thought Brooklyn would uh, put up a little bit more of a fight. All of the Ben Simmons drama, you know, once they get smoked on Sunday. Did you guys uh, see Jeff, it? you won that deal. Yes. <laughs> Just yes. saying. I mean, I lost because I defended Ben Simmons for like five years. But like I'm I, I, as a team, as a Sixers fan, we did <laughs> we did win the deal, which I, at this point, it looks like maybe nobody won the deal because Harden's not doing a whole lot either. Um, hey, did you guys see points, Stephen A's rant? Dude, Stephen Stephen A oh, about absolutely eviscerated him, uh, Ben Simmons today. Yeah. Like on a level of which I've never seen a commenter go after. Like, really, I have yeah, to check that out. Look it up. I, if we had the rights to whatever, I'd play it on on air right now. It is unbelievable. Like, talk about emasculation. Like, I don't think Ben Simmons can ever play basketball again. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Nor, I don't know if he would. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I, it was uh, it was terrible. It was oh, I mean, I feel for him as a human being, but uh, that's that's pretty much where it stops. And that's uh, where he's sitting out because record. of back problems. Is that what he's claiming? Well, so about? he was on a ten day track, right? And it was like if he had ten days without pain, then he would come back, right? And he would try to play again. And then they get smoked in Game Three in Brooklyn. And now they're down 3-0. And then after the game, he said, "Oh yeah, no, I'm not going to play in Game Four. Actually, my my back's a little sore now." And it's just such a it's such a bad look. It's such it an, an embarrassing look for him. Um, it's just it's bad all the way around. But Boston's also playing incredible basketball. Uh, the uh, the you know the Sixers they're up three one. I'm starting to get worried. The Embiid hand injury. You know a lot of Sixers fans I think are are going through the uh, the great the stages of grief right now. Honestly, I think I think they're in denial. Um, People are saying, oh, he hit the game winner with this. I'm like, but when he's in that, the adrenaline, everything you have pumping through your system, like, you know, you're, you're not going to feel it in the same way. And there was that moment where Thibel bumped into his uh, his elbow. I don't know if it was Thibel moving someone else. And you could tell that there's something with his hand early. And that, that was in game two. And then I think, you know, I think on, on what was that, Saturday, Saturday night, Thursday, whatever game, Saturday afternoon, you could just tell it just wasn't right. And um, I think they have enough to win in Philly on Monday night. So by the time you're listening to this, we'll know if Philly's on to the second round. But Miami's looking like an absolute fucking wagon right now, despite Trey Young hitting a game winner over the weekend. So I don't know how Philly's going to look uh, over there. Um, the West has a couple of interesting series. Your Niner or your Niners, your Warriors, Scotty, are absolutely They look flying. good, right? They look yeah. fantastic. Uh, and I honestly thought they were going to win that game, uh, game four. And, uh, you know, Jokic showed in that game, like, Jokic yeah. is a, like, he's fucking amazing. Like, and I, we, I get we all said, the hate, but we said in the playoff preview, like, he's going to get you one, maybe two in, in a series by himself. And that, yeah. and but that roster, that, yeah. there's just nothing you can do. There's just, and, yeah. and again, Golden State easily could have won there. Uh, Utah and Dallas is 2 2, but I just don't think anyone gives a shit about that game, that series. 
Luca's back, so and they actually lost the game. He came back, but it was a one point game, and and uh, Utah couldn't hold on. But the the two series that are I think the most interesting right now are uh, Memphis and Minnesota tied two two. Um, they're just exchanging blows, right? And Minnesota, for the most part, has looked like the better team, which is really fascinating considering. Uh, their age, how young they are, the lack of experience. And yeah, they blew multiple 20 point leads in game three, but they still were up 20 on multiple times and they end up winning game four uh, in Minnesota. They also are undefeated when there's a uh, protester who storms the court. The play in oh, game, yeah. the protester stormed the court. Uh, game uh, one or two, I think it was game one, a protester, protester stormed the court. That's when she chained herself to the uh, basketball net. And then I don't know if you guys saw the video of, of the, the security guard tackling the girl who ran out on that was in, in game four. Unbelievable. <laughs> Looking like Patrick Willis out there. I mean, I'm the like, reaction. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It was like, <laughs> it was Nicobe Dean S. He's like, he knew it was coming. Ooh, and spoiler just, alert. Yeah, right. Uh, and he uh, <laughs> a little he teaser. Went, he went he went after her, man. It was uh it was wild. And then the, the most captivating series we have is this New Orleans and Phoenix series, where the absence of Devin Booker is 100 percent being felt right now. Uh that dude Alvarado for for New Orleans is just a menace on the court. He's the guy that no one likes playing pickup basketball with because he card mm. he guards you up and down the court. Yeah. I'm waiting for him to slap the court. He's honestly yeah. I'm like, how did this dude not play at Duke? Because he he looks like he'd be the most annoying basketball player of all yeah, time. He's a court slapper. He's a court slapper. Yeah. Big big time. Um and that series is two two right now. And and without Devin Booker, that's that's gonna be a problem, man. That's gonna be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, but especially the, I mean look like is, I think we and Vito, you were you were dead on about it too when we did our our playoff uh, preview or the preview that you did and it was talking about the the play in teams that like they're fighting for their lives, man. Like they have more motivation. So when you think Phoenix was coming into a one eight series against uh, against New Orleans, not being like, yeah, we're the best team in basketball. Like this should be four or five at the most. Like wrap it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, excellent take by you. Yeah, New Orleans, New Orleans is scrapping, man. They're, and they're, Brandon Ingram is is playing some unbelievable basketball right now. Uh, I Valanciunas, uh, by the way, I had this thought when I was watching them playing lot, most recently, Valanciunas on the New Orleans Pelicans. He has to be a long-lost Kelsey brother. Like, did did hmm. Joey, did Travis and uh, Jason Kelsey's mom, like, I don't know what country Valanciunas is from, but did she ever do, like, a study abroad around the same time, maybe, or or take a solo vacation at something? Because he looks exactly... Uh, to Lithuania? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe. You never know. But he looks exactly like Travis Kelsey. It's especially now with the short hair and, and, and the not big beard. He looks exactly like Travis Kelsey, and it's tripping me out. Uh, but, yeah, so that that's kind of where we're at. Also, Chicago... Sorry, Chicago. They looked like they had a chance after they won uh, game two. But yeah. then to go into Chicago, just absolutely start to finish boat race. The Bulls, uh, the Bucks are cruising even without Chris Middleton. Uh, and that's a scary sign for the rest of the East because that second round matchup between Boston and Milwaukee is going to be an epic series. And I'm already getting pumped up for it. Uh, but I honestly, Miami might be the best team in the East right now. I, I, Miami defensively, if we get a Miami and Boston finals in the Eastern Conference, that that that's probably the best matchup we could have because that would be electric that'd be an absolute electric factory uh all right 
let us decide our draft order. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to do this and we're going to make it a little extra complicated just because that's fun. And making things complicated is funny to me. Because that's the read option way. Yeah. So there's three of us and we're using a coin to decide who is drafting where. So before we flip it, we're each going to call heads or tails. And then based off of that, we will figure the rest of it out from there. All right. So Scotty, heads or tails? Uh, so this is a Jerome Bettis rule. I got you. Uh, I'm going to go tails. Tails. Vito? Tails never fails. All right. Well, then I now I have to pick heads. But all right. All right. That's the – hey, you know what? If I go well, third, you asked. It is true. <laughs> if I go third, I, I go third. Here we go. I don't know if that, if that got picked up or not, but it is tails. All right. So I'm locked in to the third pick. Houston. <laughs> and uh, subsequently, every third pick. After that. All right. Uh, Vito, I gave Scotty the first pick before. Call it. Tails. All right. Scotty's heads. It is tail. Let's go. Ah. So it will go Vito and then Scotty and then me. And again, that order will go from start to finish. All right. With the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft, or as we call it, the read option mock draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars and GM, Brian Tenvito, decide and select. Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end, mm. Michigan. Um, I, I do still believe he's the best player on the board. Him and Josh Allen would be incredible together. Um, you're going to need to develop great pass rushing duo. And, you know, they could have gone a couple ways, but I let's let's not complicate this. I think a lot of people see this one coming. So we'll see how it goes on the real day, but. I'm going with Aiden. I, I think you end up being right. There is some interesting buzz right now. Um, Aiden Hutchinson's been the odds on favorite to go number one overall for the majority of. For too long season, is right? what I've said. Almost uh, yeah, too and, long to where people start saying that what about someone else, right? Well, And so the betting odds have shifted today and the consensus number one overall pick according to Vegas is Trayvon Walker, the defensive wow. end out of Georgia. Now we talked about him last week. Uh, probably has the highest ceiling of any of the defensive players, defensive linemen in this draft. I think if you're Jacksonville, though, you you want to get the guy that you just you feel the most comfortable with, right? Like this isn't the time to go out and draft someone with a high 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 ceiling, low floor guy, right? You want a guy who you know is going to come in. You already have Josh Allen there on the opposite side. Your defensive line is going to be good. You're getting a high character guy, good leader kind of a guy. And when you're rebuilding a franchise from where Jacksonville's been for, for a while now, I think you have to invest in those kinds of players. You have to invest in someone with the number one overall pick who you feel safe and comfortable with. If it was Detroit at number one overall, I would say take Trayvon Walker, right? Because uh, I think the upside there is a little bit better. There's, you know, they have a few pieces already. You can take a little bit more of a risk, uh, especially them having a second first round pick in the back end of the first draft. So, uh, but for Jacksonville, I think Aiden Hutchinson's the pick. Scotty, what about you? It's it's got to be if if Hutchinson's off the board, it's Tra- Trayvon Walker at number two. Well, uh, we're just talking about number one first here. Oh well, if Hutchinson, yeah, no, I'm, I I agree with you too, and that is a terrible segue into my number two pick, but like. <laughs> legitimately not if it if it's one two if Trayvon Walker goes one Hutchinson's going two I think uh and so so I think to your point that the the ceiling to me the 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 capability for Trayvon Walker to be uh a, an absolute elite level talent uh, at the defensive end and, and for it being a, a position of need for for both of these teams that's the one 
one of the main things they've been lacking. Uh, it, it's it's you have to go with the defensive end. So I, uh, I will yeah, say I mean, this with the number one pick, I do think they'll go Aiden Hutchinson. I would love if they went Evan Neal. Jacksonville I, OT. I, yeah, you protect your asset in uh, in Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence. Huh? I just also think that that team um, they've had a lot of turnover through their line, but. I still think they go best player available with number one pick. You don't do anything different and they get Aiden Hutchinson. Now, if now I'll tell you this, if I had the first pick, um, I would take Evan Neal. Like if, if, if I had won the coin flip, uh, Evan Neal would have been my pick. Uh, they have Cam Robinson. They franchise tagged him. He's probably not even a top 15 left tackle. Yeah. And I, I didn't like that move at all. I thought, and again, I understand the, the rationale for why you do go after Aiden Hutchinson, why you take a guy like that? Because I do think he's going to be a, like a 13 to 15 year, you know, vet. He's going to go to multiple pro bowls. He's going to have a really, really good career. Could even be a hundred sack guy, but Trevor Lawrence is your franchise. You're not yeah. drafting your franchise here with the number one overall yeah. pick. You're drafting things to support the guy that you already drafted as your franchise. And that's Trevor Lawrence. And I, it feels antithetical to me, especially when you, it's not like they have a terrible defensive line anyway. They already right. have a stud on that side of the ball, but it feels like the consensus here is that they're going to go D line. They're just going to take the best player available. And if that ends up being Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker, then that's what they do. All right, Scotty, second pick. You already kind of blew it, but I'll give you the platform. Yeah. Who you take? Yeah, Evan, ne- no, Trayvon Walker. <laughs> um, look, uh, you and this conversely is a situation where you don't have your franchise guy quarterback, uh, so there's no need to to reach and get uh, the offensive tackle. So you go Trayvon Walker here. You beef up that defensive line, uh, and I, I think it's it's a slam dunk pick. I mean, like we said, the the ceiling uh, for him is absolutely not the roof. It's probably through the roof, um, and so I think Trayvon Walker is. Uh, the move here, especially for uh, a defensive-minded head coach as uh, Dan Campbell is. Yeah, and there's there's pedigree there, right? There's experience. He's played in big games. We've seen him go up against guys like Evan Neal in the national championship game, uh, as well as the SEC uh, championship game. There's there is a high because the thing is too is I don't even think Trayvon Walker has a low floor. I just think he just needs a little bit more development. Like I think it's another guy who's going to come in and be a really good pro right off the bat. He's a better athlete than Hutchinson. He's not the size that Hutchinson is, right? Aiden Hutchinson's six foot seven uh, and is, a, is an absolute beast uh, of a human being. But there's some there's some athleticism that you just can't teach with Trayvon. And the one thing I love about Aiden Hutchinson is he's so polished, right? He, he has every move in his bag. Trayvon Walker doesn't have that yet as a pass rusher. He needs to develop that and, and continue to grow on that side of his game. But the raw athleticism coupled with what he was able to do in his three years working at Georgia, I think he makes – I love that he's jumping up these boards a little bit, and I like him a lot more than the guy who um, a lot of people had going to Detroit uh, with who will come up at some point here in the top ten, I'm sure, in Kayvon Thibodeau. But Trayvon Walker, to me, is kind of in between the two um, in terms of how raw they are, right? Like Hutchinson's like a finished product. And Kayvon Thibodeau's still really raw. And Trayvon's kind of in the middle there, um, even though they all kind of play different spots on the defensive line. I agree with you 100%. I think it's a really good take, too, about how much time you have, Scott, right? Like, this isn't a um, – you'd love to have a finished product in your drafting, but for the Lions, to your point, they're going best available and just trying to build pieces. They're just getting good players and good guys. 
Yeah. And, and you think about the guys they've drafted, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, Jeff Akuda is going to come back this year after, yeah. you know, tearing his ACL last year. He didn't even get to play last season. Um, and that defense played really hard, you know, and, and there's something about Dan Campbell who, who gets the most out of his guys. I think personality wise, I think it's a great fit. And there's, I just don't see a world where Dan Campbell's drafting Kayvon Thibodeau. Dan Campbell's not drafting a guy football guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's not drafting a guy. Number two, overall, who there's even a slightest inkling as to whether you love football or not. Yeah. He wants guys who give it a hundred percent. Yes, exactly. Guys who will give 110% every play and in the post-game press conference. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, which is why I think if Detroit did have number one overall, they would take Aiden Hutchinson because Hutchinson is that way. Even if again, Michigan too, all that and the Michigan ties and everything as well. Uh, All right. I'm up with the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a little split here uh, because this is a weird one to pick, right? Houston's got a million holes. So in my eyes, I see it three different ways, right? You can go offensive line, right? Whether that's Evan Neal, Ike Akuna, uh, God, Akunu, um, or you can go D end. You can take the Bado and take the high upside guy, which we, as we've seen from the Houston's organizations, go back to Mario Williams, Jadavian Clowney, this kind of feels like all three of them are that same thing. And the first two were really, really good players for a long time. So that wouldn't necessarily be a bad pick. Um, or you can go with who I think would be the best player on the board there, which would be Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Typically, when you're in a team like in that situation, you're going to go after the best player available. But when I look at just you're building a team from the ground up, I want my offensive line set. So I'm going to take Evan Neal, number three overall. Uh, he's going to be a starting left tackle in the NFL for a decade plus. And once you figure out your rookie quarterback situation, whether that's next year's draft, whether that is through a trade at some point, if you're Houston, you're going to have him protected at that point. Uh, and to me, that's more important. It is worth noting the Texans finished last in sacks last year. They only had 32 as a team for the whole season, uh, which is horrible. That's so bad. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, this team's not expected to win shit anyway. They have the first rounder for next year from Cleveland too. You're just stocking up on talent. And I think the offensive lineman, if you can get an elite O lineman, I think that's the move. And there's some other good corners. So even if you don't like a mod sauce Gardner, you know, or if you like him, but you want someone else, you can get someone else with their second pick uh, in the first round, which comes at 13. Uh, Any other thoughts there with Evan Neal going number three? No, just the fact that I love it. I agree. If you have question marks, you don't know what to turn, beef up your lines. It's always worked out. And actually, it's a good transition of four, which I'm picking. The Jets used to do that. When Rex Ryan, before he took over, the coach before him was Eric Mangini. And he ended mm-hmm. up using – he got to Brickashaw Ferguson, Nick Mangold, and all these guys. And then the team wasn't great. And then the second it turned over to Rex Ryan, they had a team that was making it to multiple AFC championships, right? Yeah, they got they got the the quarterback, right? They got Mark Sanchez in there. They took the shot on it, and the offensive line was already there. Because you don't have to ask your rookie quarterback to do too much. He's going to have time. He's going to be productive. That's a great. That's a great comp. That's a great. Good, and, good calls. Yeah. And and that's why I'm a little sad because I was going to take Evan Neal at four, but I'm going to go back and flip it on you, and I'm going to take Sauce, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. because. He's just an elite talent. And for the Jets, um, for whatever reason, let's just, I don't know how to say this politely. Jets suck and they need some picks that are going to work out. So they need to start taking some guys like this who I I love skill players when you're this high. I mean, obviously I was honestly thinking Iki Iwunu, but I, that's, that's who I would kind of want to go with as the Jets, because again, they don't, they have a lot of holes but I think this is a standout talent in my book. I really, really like sauce. And I think 
um, for their team standpoint, they would take him. What do you, what do you boys think? I think it's a great pick. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to shoot it down. Right. Um, they definitely are lacking in a lot of areas. The good news is, is they have Mekhi Becton at left tackle, right? So they have a great left tackle in place, young guy who's shown a lot of promise. Carl and, Lawson too. I mean. um, yeah. And they lost Carl Lawson last year. She, they have a D end who they paid money to who's coming back. They have some young pieces, uh, Michael Carter in the backfield. Um, uh, who's, uh, who's the wide receiver they drafted last year. Um, there's a kid out of Florida, I think. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm thinking of the other New Moore. York team. Um, Elijah Moore, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Um, they have Elijah Moore at Ole Miss last year, who I think is uh, a, another high <laughs> volume, like high ceiling guy. He showed flashes last year. Um, and Zach Wilson's going to develop, and hopefully you get a little bit more of that. And this is, again, best player on the board. The Jets have two first-round picks. So if you're going to our top 10 picks, not just yeah. first round, two top 10 picks. So if you're at four and a mod sauce Gardner's there and you have a guy that you think can be a, a again, a lockdown corner for 10 years in the league, you take him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just don't do what you did with uh, Darrell Revis and Jamal Adams and piss the guy off with a terrible team that you've built around him, make him stay there. Uh, so, yeah. And I mean, he has the potential to be a shutdown corner. Uh, I just love that. His name is sauce because the sauce is always boss, man. You put him on an Island. He's going to be cranking it up all day. Uh, I, I love the pick there. Love it. What What do you think? What do we think his favorite type of uh, of like chicken wing is? Do you think he's like a buffalo? Because because of whatever sauce it is, if it's barbecue, if it's bu- buffalo, right? Maybe he's like maybe he just starts a brand maybe a little Asian of sauces. Zing. Yeah, do yeah, like yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he needs, should. Yeah, he, he needs, needs a to, endorsement sponsored for sure. I, I'm I'm hoping he's a sweet chili guy. That's my mm. favorite. I think it's a little uh, off brand. It's something that he could easily corner the market and just take over. Oh, yeah. I, I like it because they'll get a little heat on there, too. He needs to partner up with Buffalo Wild Wings, I think. Yes. I, that, that seems like a no-brainer combination. There. He should do his draft party at Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> to get it going. That'd be dope. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'd love to be there. Uh, all right, Scotty, you are up with the fifth pick and the New York Giants. And I think this is where we see the guy start falling uh, in the draft. And the guy I'm referencing is uh, – is a defensive end out of Oregon at this pick right now with what's come off the board, the New York giants need an offensive tackle. Uh, and I think they're going to go with Charles cross at this pick. Like I said, I think this is where uh Kayvon Thibodeau starts to fall. This has been a position of huge need. They've got a, a new head coach, a new, uh, a new GM. Uh, and I think the, the new sheriffs in town for lack of a better term are not going to say, Hey, we need uh, help with the wide receivers. Uh, you could look at quarterback. You could go quarterback here if you really, really wanted to. I'm not sold on any of those guys either. But O-line for the last eight years, it feels like, has been the position of need uh, for the New York football giants, uh, especially since they have Saquon Barkley still back there. Uh, and what I feel, even with injuries, are, are a few elite years left out of him. Uh, so you got to protect that and whatever, uh, whatever quarterback you're going to be slinging out there under center. Uh, and it has to be an offensive tackle. Next best tackle on the board, uh, Charles Cross. I love the reasoning. I could not disagree more with the choice of the player. Um, we talked about it on the pod last week. Charles Cross my, my, is like one of my biggest red flags of anybody. Um, the dude didn't have to run block like once in college. Uh, only played for two years, redshirted his freshman year. So he played for two years under Mike Leach. Um the intent, the size and stuff is what people are going to fall in love with. However, 
and actually going to give you credit here, Scotty. This seems like the perfect offensive lineman for the Giants to take because they drafted Andrew Thomas a couple of years ago, way too high. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this is our guy. And everyone was like, that's way too high for him. He's still raw. He still needs development. And they didn't develop him. And now he was year two. He was a little bit better last year at left tackle, uh, but not a whole lot better. But I, I completely agree with the rationale. Um, they need to solidify the offensive line. They've had one of the worst O-lines in football for going on a decade. Uh, for me, this is where Ike Kunu would come off the board. Um, so I agree with the again, agree with the yeah. rationale, uh, but disagree with um, the player chosen. I, I, I'm with well, you. I, I I just like Icky more, but that just comes down to preference. But mm-hmm. the the main point is that they they have to go line. If they skip on line here and start doing some wild shit and getting Thibodeau and some other people, like this is gonna. I feel like the giant fans are gonna be like, okay, this is not the draft to get sexy, right? Let's pick well, linemen. Yeah. And I think if you're one of those teams, either the Jets or the Giants picking back-to-back here, you want Kayvon Thibodeau as far away from New York City as possible, just given the, uh, given the, the, the branding stuff that he seems to be more invested in than the, uh, than the football stuff. Yeah, no, I, it, Kayvon Thibodeau, I, it, the other thing too is they pick again at seven, right? They pick five and yep. seven. So they can take best player on the board both times. If they fall in love with Charles Cross, Ike Kunu, one of those guys, and they take him at five because they feel like, hey, Carolina might end up, you know, going quarterback or might end up going a different position or trading trading out of it because that could be a spot we could see someone trade up to as well. Uh, I, you know, I think the Giants are in a pretty good spot where if if they like both of those guys, Ike Kunu and, and Charles Cross, right, and they decide to pick someone else instead, they're going to get at least one of those two at seven. Yeah. So I, I would expect one of those two picks will be offensive line. Uh, which one is which? I don't know. If they re- if they fall in love with Kayvon, the talent is there. Like this, the speed, the athleticism, that's all still there. Uh, but I, I would expect them to go O-line there, especially if they really like one of the other guys. And they're under you know, new management here too, right? We're, we're talk- thinking about a guy who uh, was the assistant GM in Buffalo. It'll be interesting to see where that turns out. Um, all right, I'm up number six here with the Carolina Panthers. Yes. Oh, boy. Here we go. <clears throat> I know who I would take. However, there's some things that I think need to get brought up here. Uh, Mike Leach – or Mike Leach, god damn. Matt Rule is this close. on the hot seat. <laughs> so what we see a lot of front offices, coaches do – in the draft is they will draft a young quarterback to extend their leash, right? Because if they don't perform this year, then you say, well, we have a young quarterback. We're developing him up, right? We saw like, Matt uh, like Leafy said, the Nagy and, and Justin Fields Justin situation. Fields is exa- yeah. exactly what Ryan Leaf said. So it would make a lot of sense for the first quarterback to come off the board here. Um, but based off of their draft history, what Matt Rule likes to do, and the fact that they do seem somewhat committed to Sam Darnold, uh, at least for this year, I'm going to have the Carolina Panthers take Kyle Hamilton safety Mm. out of Mm. Notre Dame. Now I told you guys, he is my favorite player in this draft. I think he is going to be one of the best safeties in the NFL for a long time. Uh, He's an absolute matchup nightmare for offenses. He will be able to match up against Kyle Pitts twice a year. You'll be able to match him up against wide receivers out of the slot. If you need to, he can go up against tight ends. You can let him cover running backs out of the backfield. He can play the run. He's just – he makes your football team better. And the Carolina Panthers, for as disappointing as they were, remember, they started off – was it 4-0? and 
right last year they started off really hot um if they believe sam darnold still has enough in him and and based off of ben mcadoo kind of accidentally releasing that in the press conference last week he like apologized for it immediately after i don't know like that to me didn't seem planned it didn't seem like oh we're gonna plant this little fake thing and we're gonna drop this in there so people know he immediately retracted it later on um, and, and so I think they're going to stay committed to Sam Darnold. And I think they take the best player on the board, which in my estimation is Kyle Hamilton, their best player on the board might be Kayvon Thibodeau. It might be Jermaine Johnson out of Florida state. It might, could be a bunch of different guys, but to me, it's Kyle Hamilton. I love the pick. Um, I'm just disappointed because that, that would have worked for anyone in the top 10. It's yeah. such a great pick. Um, the defensive safety spot, the matchups that he can, take on i think or it's really hard on defenses right now in the nfl to, oh. to match up with a lot Could of you imagine players. trying to throw to that side with jc horn and kyle hamilton oh, whatever God. side that's on mm-hmm. oh and you're right that does sound like a matt rule he's a defensive guy like this this adds up yeah Damn, scotty like anything else well i do, so a lot of a lot of mocks i've seen have this uh, as the reach for a quarterback so i wanted to to think get your guys' thoughts. Uh, if this is a year where, and you, you let off with this, Jeff, if this is a year where uh, we're thinking about, Hey, uh, this is, this is uh, shit or get off the pot time for, for Matt rule. Uh, you either go to the playoffs or uh, you get fired as leafy said on our, on our last podcast. Um, is it worth taking the quarterback if you know that that's your situation or do you just take the best guy off the board uh, at that position because it's one of the biggest positions of need. I, I think I think we've seen a lot of coaches try and GMs and front offices try to do the quarterback extension thing, you know, draft this and it's going to prolong our – I don't think that works in the NFL anymore. I think your I leash is so short, right? And between J.C. Horn, who they drafted in the first round last year, and, and I think top 10 last year, right? Uh, Derek Brown, who is the guy out of uh, Auburn that they drafted a couple of years ago – He's year three is the breakout year for interior defensive linemen. And he's kind of due for that. We saw it happen with Jeffrey Simmons, who was drafted the year before out of tech or out of Mississippi state. Right. We saw him take that big jump last year for the Tennessee Titans. I think that defense, which was already pretty damn good last year, right. Had moments of at least being good. They've invested a ton of draft capital in the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they have still have DJ Moore. They still have good players on offense. You're hopefully you're going to get Christian McCaffrey back healthy, and that could be enough with Sam Darnold if Sam Darnold is just competent enough, right? Still don't love the whole firing Joe Brady thing after only the one year. I still yeah. think that's a little weird. But if you're going to have somebody come in to work with Sam Darnold to try to develop him over time, I think I think this pick makes a lot of sense for Carolina to, to go on the defensive side of the ball, whether that's Jermaine Johnson, Kayvon Thibodeau. But to me, I would rather have Kyle Hamilton on my team than either of those other two guys. Yeah. Uh, Vito, you are up. Pick number seven, the New York Giants select. Okay, we are back on the Giants. This one's a little tough. I... God, they need so much. Um, I think if I were, again, drafting for New York here, I'm probably going to go ahead and – who'd you draft, Scotty? You got – oh, you got Charles Cross for them. Yeah, because Icky would be perfect for that, but I don't think they're going to draft two linemen in the top ten. No, no. I might, uh, oh, man, I might go Thibodeau, Kayvon. I think they might go Kayvon Thibodeau there. Um, 
You know what? I'm not going to do that though. I'm going to go Garrett Wilson at this point. If Garrett Ooh. Wilson's still on the board, I think I know they have enough offensive weapons, but um, man, they really do. Cause then they just got that receiver last year too. Yeah. They drafted. Tony. Uh, yeah. Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Yeah. But he's, he's on the trade block right now. And they also signed um, Kenny Galladay last year too, who couldn't say healthy. They, they have Sterling Shepard. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go with Thibodeau. Those are the two guys I think I would toss up between, and I'm going to stick with Thibodeau because um, if you're the Giants, you need to improve on the line. I think that's more of their style. Like, Yeah, it, I, I think at this point he's the best player on the board. You know, and, and mm-hmm. the thing is, yeah. is we often like when a player drops, we often forget like everyone else kind of follows the leader, right? Yep. One person says that it drops a little bit and then other teams like, Oh, well, what do they know that we don't know? And then it drops. And at some point you just have, to, and I talked to leaf on the podcast about our debate between Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert. Right. And he said like talent ultimately does always win out. He was yeah. like, but when you're welcome, first of all, and that's, he said, when the talent is equal, then the character start comes into play. Right. Yeah, but I Joe think Burrow's not I, equal to Justin Herbert. Yes, they are. Um, I, th- I think when you look at the players on the board, Jermaine Johnson is a is stud. David Ajabo, if he hadn't gotten hurt, I think would be in this conversation yep. as well. Um, and then Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau, to me, is a clear step up above those two other guys. And you're going to take the risk. You're going to take a risk on the talent. They already have good def- – they have Leonard Williams on the interior, but they're missing that outside pressure. I think that is the right pick there. That's what I would have done if I was taken to the pick, too, Vito. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I love it because <clears throat> I mean, the only other thing I could think of, and, and this is, this is probably a spot. It almost feels like you could trade down uh, yeah. at this point, but uh, you know, for the giants, they just, like you said, Vito, they need so much that like you, you need to take a, a, a solid player in the top 10 on the board with this pick. Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to use both. Can. Yeah, exactly. I think so too. I, a trade wouldn't surprise me, but I'll also say this too. Dark horse quarterback team. You think so? I just, yeah. I, where's, yeah. where's the faith? What, what has Danny dimes done to make you believe anything? He's got the nickname Danny dimes. I mean, that's good. That's good enough. Yeah. But if you can get a top five <laughs> player and still get a quarterback that you think if, if it's Malik Willis or whatever, if you can get a top tier quarterback and get a guy in there who you think, and remember Brian Dayball is running that team now. If you want to develop somebody, Brian Dayball is as good as anybody. And if you love the town of Malik Willis, and you think, hey, we got an offensive lineman at five. We got a guy who's going to help protect him. That's kind of the best opportunity to have to draft a quarterback there. I don't think they're going to do that. I think it's probably more likely that they draft a guy like Kayvon or they trade out of that than take a quarterback. But there's always a team or two, you know, in drafts like this, when you don't know, you know, when we're not really sure what the quarterback scenario is, that takes a surprise quarterback, right? Washington taking Dwayne Haskins, right? Uh, Kansas mm-hmm. City trading up and getting Patrick Mahomes. There's always a team like that that will kind of come out of nowhere and draft somebody. I just wouldn't be totally shocked if they said, hey, we have Danny Dimes here. It's the last year on his contract. Let's take Malik Willis and get him working with Brian Dable for a year and, and go from there. See what happens. Yeah, no, um, I, I like that too. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons to you, Scotty. This gets interesting because here's another team that needs a lot. You could go quarterback here. Uh, speaking of teams that could uh, could reach for a quarterback, 
but I don't think they're going to since they passed on Justin Fields. Situation's a little different now. You've got uh, you've got Mariota and not Matt Ryan at the helm. Um, but I don't think that uh, this is the spot where you take that, especially if you're not sold on any one of these guys in the quarterback class here. I'm between two guys that are on either sides of the line. I think here is where we see um, Iki Okunu, uh go for the Falcons. Uh, the other, the other, I would, I would say is is Jermaine Johnson because they have lacked an edge rush for a very, very long time. Uh, but I love Iki Okunu here. If he falls to eight, that's a dream scenario for the Falcons. Just, I mean, look the 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 speed and the talent, everything we talked about at the at the five pick uh, where I took Charles Cross. This is where uh, uh, where it if it shades up for you here, if you're the Falcons, that that that's that's a spot you have to take a tackle. I think that's the right pick. Uh, given how our draft board has shaped out, if Iki Okunu is there, I think you do it. I think a quarterback is definitely not out of the world of possibility, especially Malik Willis being an Atlanta kid, uh, being an Atlanta fan. It's the hometown pick. It, it would make a lot of sense for them to go that route, uh, and they clearly need it, and you don't have to make them play right away. Uh, I've seen some mocks have them going wide receiver here, right? I, I think this is a I best. Would. I think this is a best player available kind of draft. Got to remember how mm-hmm. terrible that offensive line was and how terrible that defense was. And so if Iki Kuna is there and a good top-tier offensive lineman is there, you take the offensive lineman. Uh, if not, if Jermaine Johnson, if, uh, you know, you like Kayvon Thibodeau, he happens to fall that far, I don't think that's a bad choice either. Um, at this point, it's whoever's the best player on your board. And whether it's Garrett Wilson or Ike Kunu, I have the two of them pretty equal on my board. So I would take the offensive lineman because I, I just that O-line was so bad last year. I just don't know who that like with the suspension to um, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Calvin Ridley. Like, I, I just think that that's a perfect opportunity. What you don't want is to have every defense have two people the entire game on Kyle Pitts for every passing situation and just have him get beat up. Cause we've seen like Gronk throughout his career, right? Like just the physical toll he takes, this guy will be, he'll get a hundred targets throughout the year, if not more, if they don't have any other weapons out there. So that that's what, I'm almost drafting Garrett Wilson. If I had the pick, I would take him almost for Kyle Pitts sake, but, yeah. but to your point, if you don't have a line, you can't even get a pass off. So, and even if Calvin Ridley hadn't gotten suspended, I think he was going to get traded this off season. Anyway, there was a deal in place where the Eagles were about to pull the trigger on it. And then Atlanta, like was like actually pulled it off the table, um, which credit to Atlanta for, yeah. for doing that um, because they could have tried to fuck over the Eagles and do that. And they didn't um, instead, they waited until the suspension was levied. I don't know if they had done it, if that trade wouldn't have gotten processed through because it was before the before the trade deadline actually opened um, or the oh, offseason officially started right. was when that deal was on the table. But then the next day, all that stuff about Calvin Ridley getting suspended. I, I, again, it's the best player available. And you're right. To, you want to give some of that pressure off. Um, I just think, you know, they're not going to be a really good team next year anyway. And, and I like Marcus no. Mariota, and, and I'm glad to see him get a shot to start somewhere else. But with his health and everything, too, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a, a big concern. Yeah, he's not as mobile as he used to be, uh, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's what yeah, happens when you get older. Four, You're hurting after speed. softball. Now he's 4-5. Like, he still yeah. has speed for but days. Still, like – it's it's one thing if you're you're mobile because that's the play design, and it's another because if you're mobile because you have to get the hell out of the pocket because it collapsed in 1.8 seconds, right? Yeah. Like that's that's a very different type of mobile, and I don't think they're going to ask need to ask Marcus Mariota to do that. I don't think they want to. They wouldn't have signed him if they if if that were the case. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's a good good point here. Um, all right, I'm up number nine, Seattle Seahawks on the board. Boo. This is another tricky one, a team that needs a whole lot. It's a dark horse quarterback team, but I, I don't think we see a quarterback come off the board here. Um, I wouldn't be shocked, though, with, with Pete Carroll. Um, this is also, again, a team – if a team trades up, you know, giving two first-round picks or something, and Seattle knows that they need help and need to rebuild at places – uh, the, the top levels of all four of the or three of the best offensive linemen are gone between Akunu, Cross, and Neal. So for me, I'm going to go with Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. Great pick. Uh, it's a defense that got lit up a lot last year. Um, and, and Derek Stingley is a is a stud, man. And, and I think he is, again, another guy whose draft stock has dropped a lot because the production hasn't necessarily been there since what it was his, his freshman year when they won went on and won the national championship. Um, but he still go, you know, he went up against Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson in practice every single day, right? He's, he's gone up against some of the Terrace Marshall Jr., all these really, really good NFL guys. And in addition to having to cover Devontae Smith and Jamison Williams and all these unbelievable wide receivers in the SEC, the dude has talent. He's a plug and play starter from day one. He's got swagger. He's just going to absolutely do a lot for that defense uh, that needs help. And I could also see them taking Jermaine Johnson. I was, that was kind of where I was split on the two. I just think on my board, I have him higher than Jermaine Johnson and I'm going to take Derek Stingley Jr. There. I can't argue that. I think that's a good pick. I think, especially the fact that there's a limited amount of, of top tier corners um, in every year. And so you, you got to grab them when you can. And I think Seattle probably won't get a chance to grab another elite talent like that in a while. I, I think they're going to do better than, than people think um, they'll probably suck for a year or two, but I think that the rebuild will be quicker than you think, Scotty. Sorry. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Ugh. And they still, another thing too, is they still have DK and they still have Tyler Lockett. Right. So yep. they're not going to go wide receiver. I'd be surprised if they went wide receiver. Um, I think they would. Yeah. Especially because we don't have any wide receivers off the board right now. So maybe that leads into your next pick, last pick of the top 10 before we take a break. The New York jets are on the clock and they take Garrett Wilson. There First wide receiver off the board. I mean, Has they need wide receiver help, and and you got to go with somebody. Now, I do think there's a chance they go Drake London if they like the the height on him, six four. I mean, that, there's something about that, especially in the red zone, to get a red zone target like that for a team that struggled in the red zone. Um, that could definitely be an option. So I would say one or the other. If it was me, um, honestly, I've been tossing up him, Olave, and and uh, him being Drake London, Olave, and Garrett Wilson, but. Stick with the big boards. It seems to be the highest guy in most teams. I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson is the best wide receiver in this draft. I, I've been pretty high on that all year. Um, you know, his the other thing he does is he plays a lot. He's he's very strong, right? He's he's not a big build, but he plays very strong. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he's he can run every single route. He's got he showed he's got elite speed. Uh, he's going to be great for the deep ball there. And the other nice thing too is they already have that gadget guy in Elijah Moore. So having a, a deep threat and a true number one guy like Garrett Wilson is going to allow Elijah Moore to do a lot more in the passing game, in bubble screens, uh, in the short passing game. And I think the combination of those two is setting up, again, we know that the offensive line has gotten a little bit better over the last couple of years, uh, especially if they're taking uh, Sauce Gardner, you get a defensive player in the front end, you're going to get a great stud on the outside on the offensive end. I love the pick. And that, I think that's the right pick there too. Yeah, I, one of the thing the thoughts that just crossed my mind is the 49ers don't have a draft pick and they're or first round draft pick and they're in turmoil with Debo. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Is this a spot where they could trade up and get one of those top elite wide receivers uh, and make Debo part of that package? Potentially. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether or not Debo gets moved on draft night. Him and Baker, I think both have a good chance as the two guys are kind of on the, on the, the, the trade block as we speak, you know, right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love the Garrett Wilson pick. I would, I would actually really love that for Zach Wilson. Cause I, we saw, we yeah. saw flashes yeah. of Zach Wilson be really amazing. You know, we saw that, which is something I honestly didn't think we would see. Uh, and, and it turns out he has a chance to be good. And so give him more weapons. They have good running backs. Uh, the offensive line is okay. It's, it's getting there. Um, and Makai Becton is a big physical dude who has a chance to be, you know, a really good tackle in the league. And, and this is going to be a big year for him, but, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I do love what you said there, too. I could not imagine – like, could you imagine the one-on-ones in camp from Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson? Like, just oh, those so two <laughs> in the same, like, room going against each other would be electric. The, the you know, the smack talk from Gardner about, <laughs> hey, we, we got to the playoff. Cincinnati yeah. versus Ohio State. We were the best team in the state of Ohio last year, right? Like all, yeah. oh man, to be a fly on the wall, dude. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take a break. That's our top 10 to recap. Jacksonville, Aiden Hutchinson, number one. Detroit, number two. They're taking Trayvon Walker. Houston, Evan Neal. The New York Jets, Sauce Gardner. Giants, Charles Cross. Carolina, Kyle Hamilton. The New York Giants, again, at seven. Kayvon Thibodeau. Atlanta, Iki Akunu. Number nine, Seattle, take Derek Stingley Jr. And number 10, the New York Jets select Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. All right, quick break, come back. We will do 11 through 20, leading off with Scotty drafting for the Washington whatevers. Uh, Commanders. No, nope. whatevers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Washington whatevers. Uh, all right, we'll be back. All right, top 10's over. Number 11, Washington Commanders. Still doesn't feel it's such a dumb name. Uh, it's going to be like Washington. I liked Washington football team when it first happened. I wasn't one of those people that like grew into it. Like I liked Washington football team. This is just dumb. This is just really dumb. Sorry. All right. Uh, Scotty, the Washington commanders at 11. Who are they taking? You just got a new quarterback. Give them someone else to throw to besides scary Terry. It is Drake London wide receiver out of mm. USC. Uh, you pair him with Terry McLaurin. McLaurin's an all-around guy, but he's the, the shorter, quicker guy. You need a, a, a bigger wide receiver out on the other side. Uh, it's the X receiver along with Logan Thomas uh, if he ever stays healthy at tight end. Um, he could go, I mean, to flip a coin between uh, or among London, Olave, Jameson Williams even, um, I, I think would be a great pick here. But uh, the point is you need to get a, a playmaker uh, for Carson Wentz. Uh, because uh, he's hopefully um, going to be relatively mediocre. That's a good pick. Um, I, I'm a little perplexed about what they're going to do there uh, as a whole, um, especially how our draft kind of fell out. I mean, I think offensive line would be ideal for them, right? Yeah. Um, my The only other thing I'd have is like if Kyle Hamilton slips that far, that's like an absolute must grab for for that defense. Cause they were terrible last year, but, but yeah, offensive line would, would be a, a big help too. But I think Drake London is, is the right pick uh, given how our draft has gone out. McShay also really loves having Drake London on the Washington commanders. It's a perfect matchup there. It's a perfect fit with um, uh, Terry McLaurin on the outside. I, I love that pick. I, I think it's great. Um, big fan of Drake London to the Washington commanders. Vito, anything on top of that? Not really. I mean, it, it, I like getting a weapon. I just, I don't know. Like, 
and i just hope we see a glimpse of like the carson from the eagles past instead of the shit we've been seeing recently i mean there's an argument to be made that terry mclaurin is the best wide receiver that he's will have ever played with probably true you know right yeah. um i mean alshon is probably the guy right now um when you look at those eagles team you know the eagles team that that won the super bowl right around that era. Aguilar. i mean it was aguilar who played great that year um and he was again glimpses of that but terry mclaurin is a, is like a legit like pro bowl almost borderline all pro caliber wide receiver and if you're going to pair him with a guy like drake london who you know, I think Drake, Drake London's a lot closer to Mike Evans than he is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Like, I, the size, the competitiveness is the other thing with him. He's, like, an absolute diehard competitor, uh, fantastic athlete, uh, fast, tall. I, I think it's a really, really good fit. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, all right, I'm up number 12, the Minnesota Vikings. This one uh, was pretty easy to me just based off of how our board went off. Uh, defense that needs a lot of help. And so if Stingley was still around or Kyle Hamilton was still around or, you know, anyone else that we were kind of talking about, uh, if Kayvon Thibodeau fell this far, I think he would be another good fit there. But the guy who's left is Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end out of Florida State. Uh, and that who is who I'm taking. Really, really good edge rusher. He can do a little bit of that outside linebacker mold, but primarily you're going to use him rushing the passer. He's got a really long, lean frame. And something he's going to be able to, to develop and, and continue to grow uh, and fill that out. Because once he does, he's really technically sound. Um, I think he had 14 sacks last year for Florida State. A really, really good player. Um, and, he and again, it sucks that David Ajabo, uh, you know, kind of had the injury and is now most likely going to be a second-round pick. Yeah. But because he did, it, it kind of opened up people's eyes to, I think, how good Jermaine Johnson was. Um, really high-character guy, too, and I think it's it, – fills a position of need uh you know minnesota has no one on that defensive line right now and so to bring in a guy like that they have they have one two guys on the interior who are all right but nothing on the edge i think jermaine johnson's a good fit there so i'm taking him no i, I like that pick i think that again the edge rush that's something that they need and when you're again in this first round these edge rushers i think people like you can get you can always find diamonds in the rough in later rounds but usually edge rushers and linemen the higher they're drafted, the better they are. It, they translate well to the NFL. So this is a good spot when you're up in the first round, when you need something like that, you should take it early. And and I'm with you there. Yeah. It's <laughs> the, the Vikings. I, the only other thing they could do, I think is trade down uh, because unless somebody, uh, unless somebody like that falls to you, uh, none of their, their needs really align with, with anything that would be left on the board. So yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah. I mean, the most notable name on their defensive line right now is, you know, Daniel Hunter, who I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. He was the one who had the psychological kind of breakdown during the season. Correct. I'm not sure, man. I don't know. Stats and info. Now, now, now I feel bad because I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to, yeah, let's get Zach. What was, it? What was his name? Um, Daniel Hunter. I, I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, they're the guy who, who went on the Instagram story and had the gun. He was talking about, you know, yeah. he, he barricaded himself inside of, of his house. Um, it was a very scary and sad situation. So I'm not trying to make light of it in, in any way. Um, but again, it's just like, he was kind of their best player. Um, was I correct? It was Daniel Hunter. It was. Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin. Sorry. Oh, wow. Now I feel like a dick saying Daniel, Hunter. Daniel, because Daniel Hunter is still a good player. Yes. Um, it was Everson Griffin, um, who they had brought back to Minnesota last year. Right. Um, and they got and, to Darius Smith, too. Right. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so that's that's going to be my pick, Jermaine Johnson. Um, all right, 13, Houston, Vito, you're up. Who are, who are the Texans taking with their second first-round pick? They want to take as many players as they possibly can with one pick. Uh, they, I think, I think what they'll end up doing here is um, – so their defense, there's two amazing stats about their defense. They were second last in rushing, and they gave up the second most explosive plays, like plays of 20-plus yards. So you could go line, you could go secondary, but I think in between is where they'll settle – and I think they'll settle in the Kobe Dean, the linebacker out of Georgia. Just mm. you need someone to mm. wrangle in this defense and do something. Um, and I just believe that they need somebody around there to, to, to handle that. And um, it's Lovey Smith's defense. We got to remember it's the second year. What is he going to do? I, it's really between him. I honestly didn't know if this could be the team uh, that reaches for his Georgia teammate and ends up going with Jordan Davis potentially. So um, I would look for defense here and probably someone from Georgia and that talent. Um, and, and I'm going to just end up on Dean. That's interesting. Now I love Nicobe Dean. Um, and again, I, I actually love the, the pick there. Uh, I'm also very high on him and I value that position a lot more than teams tend to in the first round. I think right. it's more likely that we see him fall than see him get drafted above 15. Um, but for the rationale and everything you gave, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it'd be a really good fit for them. Um, I, I could also see them go uh, offensive line here. I oh, know they took I had them taking Evan Neal in the first. So they already got their offensive lineman there. Um, mm -hmm. The only other pick I'd have, maybe Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. He's yeah. another one that's kind of, uh, you know, rising up boards a little bit there. I could also see them go wide receiver. They don't, I mean, Brandon Cooks was there. Um and I think he still is, but I think he's another is, one that's been but like he's the only one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so he, he's, I would, I would be surprised if he's on the Texans opening day. Uh, they also seem to really like Davis Mills and Davis Mills played pretty well down the stretch last, you know, last year. Right. So yeah, he did maybe I, give him another which, weapon, but that defense would have been our, my argument. Yeah. Out. Yeah. The defense does, but that, that would have been my argument. If I had this pick, uh, in our mock draft, I would have gone wide receiver here because how are you going to evaluate Davis Mills uh, without him being able to throw the ball to anyone but Brandon Cooks? I get you. Yeah, I just I think Lovey's going to end up being like you know what we're, this defense sucks and I'm not sitting around to watch us get bombed on every yeah. play. <laughs> well, and I also think like if David Ajabo doesn't get hurt, like this is a spot I would see him go right. Like again, a guy you can yeah. get an edge rusher a little late. The thing with this edge rushing class is it is deep, but it's deep from like second round to like the rest of the draft, right? Like you can get quality guys throughout the rest of the draft. So again, taking a guy like Nicobe Dean or, or even taking a wide receiver, someone else, you might be able to get somebody later in the draft who, who you like, you're a bigger fan of. Right. Um, but after those first like three guys on the, on the exterior or four guys, I guess, between Hutchinson, Walker, uh, Kayvon, and then uh, Jermaine Johnson, it, it does kind of drop off. And I do think all four of those guys are going to be gone before this pick comes up. So I, I think it's, I, again, I like the pick a lot. I just don't see Nicobe Dean getting drafted that high because the NFL just doesn't value that in the first round. Right. Last year with Micah Parsons, the first time we saw someone go in the top 10 at linebacker and he was number 10 and yeah. in a while. So I, I'm with you. Before it's, that, it's it was rare. Roquan Smith who was at eight, right. but again, it, it is, it is rare. And both of those guys had unusual physical tools. Yes. Then the Kobe Dean doesn't. Now I would argue that his tape is as good, if not better than both of those guys, but the, the tools and, and Micah Parsons being a bit of an outlier with everything he can do is, is also a little bit different. We're talking about like a true Mike linebacker with the Kobe Dean. Right. Um, all right. Uh, Scotty, you're up Baltimore Ravens at 14. 
Who this gets interesting because a lot of their problems uh, over the last two years have been because the offensive line is broken down or retired. Marshall Yanda, uh, for example, Ronnie Stanley hasn't been the same. Uh, he's been banged up. Um, oh, yeah, he missed all of last season. Yeah, and so you want to, I think, go O-line logically, but I'm going to go with the best weapon for Lamar Jackson on the board and Chris Olave, Ooh, another wide receiver off the board. You dick. Damn it. Yeah, no, I look again, and this is strictly because you could go, you could go tackle here and, and help Lamar out um, because this seems like a year. If you don't, if you don't help Lamar out, uh, he's, he's about ready to, to split and say, trade me because I'm done with this. Uh, and and w- it feels like we're almost at that breaking point. And so I, again, tackle would, would be a huge help, but uh, you know, I mean, his number one wide receiver right now is, is, uh, is uh Hollywood Brown and then Sammy Watkins. So it, you pair them with with Chris Olave. Uh I think that's a really solid wide receiving core. Uh and besides which uh what uh what Lamar can do on the ground uh on his own and, and play make. So let him do his thing. Uh no it's a it's a great pick. Um you know he again he he needs more help now. Um they had who is the the wide receiver they drafted uh, last year in the first round who got, who was hurt, the kid out of Minnesota. Um, oh, oh. why am I bl- blanking on his name? He missed the first half of the season, but really he looked a lot better as he came back later on. Um, Zach, Zach Pock is on it. Um, uh, but yeah, it was adding Rashad so, Bateman. There you go. Yeah. Rashad Bateman. They drafted him at the end of the first round last year. Yeah. Um, I like Rashad Bateman a lot. So the hope is, is he's going to take a second year jump. Um, Hollywood Brown though, again, can be a little inconsistent, and I think ultimately, can you can you supply like Chris Olave is a better prospect to me than either of those guys were. Hollywood has been pretty inconsistent, very unreliable catching the ball. But when he when he's hot and he's he's burning dudes, he's a huge weapon to have. Uh, I think he's kind of be that that next generation of the Deshaun Jacksons, right? Guys who might get a little dinged up, might drop a couple balls, do some bonehead things here and there. But at the end of the day, you just can't teach the speed yeah. that they have, right? Uh, yeah. Mark Andrews obviously having another great year last year was arguably the best tight end in football last year. Uh, and then you hope that something comes out of Rashad Bateman. So adding Chris Olave into the mix there, I don't think it's a bad call at all uh, because you know what you're going to get out of Chris Olave, which is going to be a really, really highly productive player. Um, and that's who I was going to take at 15 for the Eagles. So um, I'm now in a, a slight scramble mode. Um, oh, I'm sorry, friend. No, you're good. You're good. I got to, you know, this is what draft night's all about, right? Yeah. You got to be on the clock. You got to look at your big board. I, all right. He's gone. Who, who are we taking on next? I've got a big one for you. And I hope this is the guy you take. <laughs> so I, I have a few names in mind. Uh, of course, it works out here too that I get. Yeah. The, you get I, both Philly picks. No, I just get one because they drafted 19 or. No, wait, no, they drafted 18. No, you get yeah. both. Wow. <laughs> this worked out great. You know what? Now I'm really happy I drafted third. I thought, <laughs> let's go. This is fantastic. Um, I'm going to take with 15, Devin Lloyd, linebacker out Ooh. of Utah. Um, right. I don't think – this is who I would pick, um, and this is not where I think he's going to end up going. Uh, I think he'll go a little bit later in the first round, but he's the guy, honestly, that – upside wise talent wise what they need i think makes the most sense um if you can get a guy like that who can be an absolute playmaker there's other wide receivers still on the board that i like that if they get at 18 i'm still happy with but when you're just talking about like you want these guys on your team for this season for coming up right now um to me devin lloyd 
paired up with Kazir White, who they signed in free agency. Uh, I, I think that becomes, all right, that problem we have, we have big, fast, athletic linebackers who are not your prototypical big, you know, slower, you know, meet you in the gap kind of guys, but are really good athletes, can match up defensively in coverage really well. Sideline uh, to sideline, yeah. Sideline sideline speed, you can send them on blitzes. Uh, and both have, you know, really good natural instincts. Um, and now you have a young, exciting linebacking core moving forward, which is something that Philadelphia hasn't had. I, I agree. I think this is a huge need, and I think you got to address it right away. Yeah, I think so, too. The only other way I would have gone is is start thinking about life without Fletcher, even though you, you are going to re-sign him and restructure his deal. I just, you know, he's not getting any younger. So I would have looked at a guy like Jordan Davis. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Davis was one of the names I was floating around in my head. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But he might fall that far to, to your next pick. 18, so. yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Jordan Davis is – there's a spot on this board that I think we all see Jordan Davis going that's coming up that I think will, will make the most sense. Um, but you're right. They do have to think about that. Fletch was not great. The only problem my concern with Jordan Davis is I don't think he's a great scheme fit for what the Eagles do defensively. Mm-hmm. We saw when Jonathan Gannon took over how the struggles that uh, – that uh, Fletcher Cox had, right? And they're getting Brandon Graham back, which will help with some of that interior pressure uh, pressure this year. Um, and so I just went with the guy who I think has the best upside uh, yeah. in a position. No, I like it. And, and that's Devin Lloyd. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Vito, you're up 16, the New Orleans Saints. You're oh, my. The Swamp Monsters. That's right. <laughs> and and you know what? So they, the, the weird part about this is that I think if, if any of the tackles that they love fall here, they're going to take them because they need a right tackle. Armstead moved on. I, I think um, I, I could see them being the team that gets Trevor Panning because they need to get a tackle. And I think he's the last one of that group that I would, I would put them in. I know um, Raymond who I always want to say rain man, but uh, the dude from central Michigan, he's a tackle mm-hmm. as well. He's been climbing the boards. Like, like we had talked about before, but I think they go with Trevor Penning. Um, they get a big body and they get someone to handle that right side of the line um, so that Jameis can stay healthy for a full season. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a good pick. Yeah. This is another one that, you know, a mid round pick where it's like, you have so many things that you need to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a uh, cornerback would be great here. Right. Uh, well, something, was, someone to stop Tom Brady, something. Um, but not only that, they, this is, I mean, can you think of a time, I feel like in our recent history, this is like, since I've grown up, the worst wide receiver core New Orleans has had. And yeah, um, even I, with Michael I, Thomas coming back. Yeah. And I own, anyway, I own the next New Orleans pick too. So we'll come back to that. But um, that's, that's who I'm taking for now. Cause I think that's yeah. the need right away. Yeah. And again, another spot where, where people are saying quarterback, cause they got you know, James. Why would they, why would, James? what are they going to, why would they do that? Why would they do hey, that? I agree why with you, buddy. Okay. I'm not Captain LASIK. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I love Penning, I, and he's jumped up a lot of boards, but and he reminds me a little bit of kind of how we talked about Rashawn Slater last year, right? It's like the tape doesn't lie. He's nasty. He's mean. We've seen it. You know, he played at Northern Iowa, which is the biggest thing against him, but he's got that, you know, nasty streak in him that, you know, the best offensive linemen typically do. And we saw Penny Sewell have that and be really good last year. And we saw uh, Rashawn Slater do that for the Chargers last year and, and, and be really good as well. So I, I love the pick there. And especially when you have two, you can address positions of need. Um, you can go and get an offensive lineman who's there. And then, yeah, if a wide receiver is still there at 19 that you like, and there's a bunch that are worth taking a fly on, whether it's Jameson Williams, right, whether it's uh, Traylon Burks, whether it's um, 
uh, Christian Watson. You can go down the line, uh, Jahan Dotson as well. I, I, there's a bunch of guys you can take at 19 if you like wide receivers. Um, or they might package up and, and trade up for somebody too. So I, I think that's a that's a good pick there. Uh, all right, Scotty, you are up 17, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, not a whole lot they need, right? I mean, on the especially on the defensive side of the ball, they signed J.C. Jackson. Uh, what else? They they've they've signed Khalil or they traded for Khalil Mack. Uh, they're they're set there, man, on the defensive side of the ball. And so I think you, what we saw last year, them drafting uh, uh Rashawn Slater, uh, helping out, uh, helping out Justin Herbert a lot, uh, was was huge. And so I, I think you you continue the trend. Uh, you could go D end here with with a guy like uh, uh, Carla Fetus. Uh, but I, I'm going to, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, the next offensive tackle on my board. That's Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think, you know, the depth there is, is huge. And, and like we said, the, uh, it's, it's a weird thing, right? Like Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks under pressure. Um, uh, when, when the defense is throwing a blitz at him, um, but last year, when we saw how uh, that how good that offensive line was protecting him, uh, and how good he was with time too, it, it I I feel like you have to keep investing in that, uh, and particularly since he's uh, a better uh, quarterback than Joe Burrow, and uh, and will uh, live and die by that on uh, on this podcast at least me and Vito, uh, and so protect the asset, uh, give him some depth uh, and some rotation on the offensive line. I like it, but I honestly would have gone, if anything, they, they do need help online and you can always take a tackle, shift them into guard, right? You just draft a great player. But for me, even though they've addressed so many great, um, or let's just put it, Bosa and Cleo Mack, right? That, those two guys are great, but I honestly wouldn't even um, put it out of this realm that maybe it's not in this round, but in the second round or something, they go with a defensive end to keep in that rotation because those guys are just going to play so many damn snaps and you want to extend Cleo Mack's career here um, as long as you can, you know, for four or five years. And so, um, but I, I do like the pick because you can never, if, with a budding star at quarterback, just get a good lineman and they'll figure out where he fits. Right. And a lot of these guys now are pretty flexible and where they can play. Um, especially if you give him a full off season. So I, 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 I understand the pick. Um, I think it's a little high for Tyler Smith, but if you need that position, you need that position, right? Yeah. I, and I don't know if, if the chargers need an offensive lineman as much as they need more help uh, stopping the run, you know, honestly. Right. And I think to me, Jordan, this is the Jordan Davis spot. Yeah. This is the spot where Jordan Davis goes. Um, you have some depth of the defensive line right between Khalil Mack. They also signed Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, who are both interior guys. So you have depth there. So you don't have to have Jordan Davis play 75% of the snaps, right? You can have him play 50 to 60% of the snaps uh, and, and let him be a game wrecker in, inside and completely plug up the interior part of that defense, in which point you look at it and you say, well, all right, well, where are the weaknesses on this defense? Um, they start to become few and far between. And um, again, I, I really like, you know, Tyler Smith's a good, a good prospect. I think it drops off after penning. And I think if you're drafting at 17, uh, the other guy I would have put thrown out here too would be Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. Uh, just yeah. a really versatile, solid guy who's going to be a good pro for, you know, at least he's at least a one to maybe probably two contract guy. 
right? Which is a lot of times how these guys look at this is like, hey, is this going to be a four-year, five-year guy, one contract? How, how do we see him playing? I think Trent McDuffie's at least a five-year guy for you um, that, that can help you because, yeah, you know, J.C. Jackson covers up a lot of holes, but there's still the second half and second side of the field there too. So I, I would have gone Jordan Davis or Trent McDuffie, just big board positions of need, as well as guys who are still number one and number two, arguably on my uh, on my list. But, you know, I get it too. I, I, I get the – you have a franchise quarterback. You want to go spend all costs to keep them upright, and uh, and that's that's kind of what you went with there. Uh, 18, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock again. They drafted Devin Lloyd at 15, and for 18, I'm going to have the Philadelphia Eagles select. Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. Um, I told you guys I'm really high on him. I think he is arguably the most slept-on player in the first round um, altogether because of how loaded this wide receiver class is. He's built like A.J. Brown. He's big, strong, super fast, already a very good route runner, um, amazing after the catch. And he's a perfect complement to Devontae Smith. He's the one type of weapon that they don't have. Um, You can use him in the deep game, but they don't have to with Quez on the outside. You can use him over the middle. uh, And and again, if you want to use him on those little bubble screens or on the goal line stuff that you're like, hey, we want to use Devontae, but Devontae only weighs 180 pounds and we don't want him getting crushed then you have a dude who's built strong, who, who's going to be able to take the beating uh, and, and still be there. I like the offensive line for Philly. I don't think they need to do anything there. Um, again, the only other position, the, the only other guys were the same two guys I just talked about, with, uh, Los Angeles, Trent McDuffie, Jordan Davis. You can think about, hey, do we want to replace a guy, you know, Fletcher? The Eagles love that defensive line rotation. They always have. So already you're not going to be having Jordan Davis playing a shitload of snaps. So I wouldn't be surprised if Philly goes there, if they just go big board. But you know, they have to do something to give Jalen Hurts more weapons. Um, and, and I think if you look at that offense that would have Smith, Burks, Quez, and Dallas Goddard, that's four options who are all really, really good guys to, to throw the ball to. You still have some weapons in the backfield, Miles Sanders, um, and the offensive line is good. And I think that coupled with what Jalen Hurts can do running the football makes that a really scary offense in the second year with Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I think that's a slam dunk pick. I think that, I mean, that's that's what this team needs to do, especially just to, almost to the other point, evaluate the quarterback spot. What what is what does Hurts have? What what can he do with this full arsenal of weapons? Which would be, this would be, I mean, if they make that pick, this would be the best skill player assembly on the offensive side that the Eagles would have in a long time. So um, yeah, I, I, I like that pick. I think it, it'll turn out for, for them. Um, and it helps with a lot of, it doesn't only help the wide receiver position. Like you're saying it helps quarterback helps even running. It helps a lot of things on that whole team uh, in depth. The Eagles have had some depth problems of recent years, right? With wide receivers. So you might as well stack up there in a class that's loaded. Yeah. We've talked a lot about, you know, the ability and vers- versatility, frankly, that the Eagles have with their, their two picks in the, in the low to mid teens here. And I think you almost have to, if the board starts falling your way, take use both of those picks rather than trade the uh, one or or, uh, or the other. Um, so yeah, I love it. Great pick. I mean, we you've been saying for years the Eagles need wide receivers, and everyone that they have is not hit until Devontae Smith. So, uh, so yeah, which we had to bully Howie Roseman into doing <laughs> exactly <laughs> literally yeah, right. the fans. Like we, had, <laughs> we had to riot and you know to to take Philly fans and go even to the next level to really get them to buy into this. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I, Traylon Burks, arguably, 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if we come away a year from now and we talk about him like we talked about Justin Jefferson. Like, how did three other wide receivers go ahead of this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, the speed is just electric. I mean, he the way he can break away from SEC defensive backs, and he got buried playing it at Arkansas, right? And with a mediocre quarterback who he turned into a pretty good quarterback, and Traylon Burks was a massive reason for that. And the high point ability, the run after the catch – catching traffic, all that shit. It, he, he plays at a really high level there. So I don't love that. You know, it's funny because the two guys who I initially had it slated here were Chris Olave and Nicobe Dean, <laughs> and both you guys took them ahead of me, right? So mm-hmm. um, if we walked away, though, with Devin Lloyd and Traylon Burks, I would be thrilled. I'd be through the moon. Um, all right, New Orleans. Vito, second New Orleans pick. You get both NOLA picks. I get both Philly picks. I, I like this, but I – man – Still no quarterback taken either, by the way. That well, I, exactly that. I was going to take Jamison Williams, but I think at this point, if you're falling to your second pick, New Orleans at at this late in the first round, you got to take Malik Willis. Mm. You take him, even though um, I believe they signed Andy Dalton as the backup. They so did. they do have two solid quarterbacks. It's rare to go into a season with three on your roster, um, but you never know. Um, I just think that. I personally don't think that this pick would happen here, but I think if it's this late, someone would either trade in to get him or they'd take him for the fact of trading or just take him. Cause Hey, maybe you had him on your board and you knew you weren't going to spend your, your, your first pick on him, but your second pick, you might as well. Uh, I, I think that they take him. Listen, he's a talented guy. There's a lot of upside. Um, like we've all said, some of these quarterbacks will hit not, it's just going to happen. And I think that he's a guy who this late, even though New Orleans is picking late, they—I'd they, uh, say the team makeup is more of that of a top ten team in terms of holes and needs, right? Mm-hmm. But I Definitely. do think that at least the fact that Jameis is there, you're not going to start right away. You can sit, you can wait, um, you can probably learn what to do and what not to do a little bit from Jameis, right? There's there's a lot of teaching lessons in watching Jameis play. I think for a young quarterback, and so I think that that mixed in. Again, with the fact that you already got a tackle, a young tackle earlier is who I picked uh, at the other spot. So I'm going to go with Malik Willis and uh, and and just go ahead and say that they're they're a team that long term could need a quarterback. And at this point, if the number one guy on your board for the QB falls this late, you should probably grab him. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a good fit um, personality wise you know, organizationally, I, I think there's a lot that makes sense about it. The one hiccup I would say is the fact that they did sign Andy Dalton, right? Right. It does feel like they are committing to Jameis for this year, but you know, green Bay drafted Jordan love, right. You know, <laughs> and hell, even the year, you know, the Eagles went up and got Carson Wentz. They had Sam Bradford on that, on that roster. And, and they had another quarterback who was a veteran on that roster too. Chase, uh, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. Yeah. yeah. So it was Chase Daniel and Sam Bradford, right. Kind of similar thing guy with the injury history and then a proven backup underneath. And then, they still made the trade up because they went for it. And now this would be a little bit different because it's going to kind of fall down. Um, and it's a new, no, new regime there. It's Dennis Allen. Um, but no, I, I think, it, I think it makes a lot of sense. I also think Pittsburgh's probably going to take a quarterback there. If, if one of those two guys, if, if someone's not there, right. So, you know, he's going to be taken off the board after that. And if you mm-hmm. really love one of these guys and you're sitting there at 19 and you already got a left tackle, that's a good spot to go after him. Yeah, it's just a safe pick. At, to, to take a quarterback when you move up, there's always like, oh, we moved up to get him. And yeah. if he falls in your lap, you, you take him and run. And they did um, give up a first rounder for next to, you know, to get that pick, second pick this year, right? Yeah. Um, they traded with Philadelphia. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. They did you know, trade. So, they, so yeah. they traded to get Philly's third first round pick. 
in order for them to get but they had to give up a first rounder next year. So again, if, if they wanted a, a quarterback next year, they don't have the ammo to do that anymore. Right. So again, that's another reason why, but again, we're all trying to read the tea leaves and figure it out. Um, all right, Scotty, last pick of the, of the, uh, from 10 to 20 or 11 to 20 here, uh, before we take another break, who are the Pittsburgh Steelers taking at 20 overall? God, I have to get the Steelers pick. Um, so this is a spot where if, uh, if new Orleans jumps up and gets, uh, gets the quarterback, uh, you know, Malik Willis has fallen on a lot of these boards. The stars would align for pick quarterback, Kenny Pickett, who's, lived in Pittsburgh for 10 years already. Um, and, but I don't think they do that uh, because I think they're content to uh, see what they got out of Mitch Trubisky. I think they're content with, uh, you know, showing up the offensive line with some stray parts uh, and running Najee Harris into the ground uh, as they have with previous running backs. So I think they go defense here. Uh, best cornerback left on the board and Trent McDuffie. All right. Position of need. If they don't go quarterback here again, um, I mean, I, I think big board wise, Trent McDuffie's probably been the best player on the big board for a while now, um, either him or Jordan Davis. Uh, so I think, and I think that's a position of need too. You have Minka, you know, in, in the back end of that, of that defense, but they need help at the cornerback position, especially in that division where you're going to be playing Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, right. And Joe Burrow, Joe and Burrow. You're, <laughs> you're talking about a bunch of really, really good wide receivers in that division now too. Uh, Jarvis Landry looks like he's hanging around in Cleveland. Um, and then obviously we know that what the Cincinnati Bengals bring to the table with their, you know, trio of wide receivers out there too. And, uh, if the board falls the way that we have it here, we have Chris Alave now entering the chat in Baltimore paired up with Hollywood Brown. They need help on the, on the outside. I think that's a good pick Scotty. If they don't go quarterback, I would have yep. them taking Kenny Pickett here. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of signs pointing to that. Uh, I also would have thought that, if you didn't take them there too, I think they would take a gamble on Malik Willis. I think they, I think Pittsburgh's taking a quarterback, um, but they also have two QBs on the roster as well, right? They have Mitch and they have Mason Rudolph, who's been with them for a while. Um, and they had three until, you know, RIP Dwayne Haskins, who uh, they had been working through as well. So I think yeah. there are signs that go that maybe they're not thinking quarterback here. Exactly. And I think, like I said, I think they're content to like, uh, Najee Harris is going to have 3000 total yards next year. Like it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, because they're they're just going to run him into the ground, and then he's good out out of the backfield catching the ball. So I don't. They're content, like I said, they got enough on the offensive line to be competent, uh, barely. Uh, and and they've got they just got Trubisky. So I, I you know, yeah, take, <laughs> see take the got. best guy on the board, and, yeah. and the cornerbacks a position of need. I think it's a good pick. All right, uh, let's take a break to recap eleven through twenty. We have Drake London to the Washington Whatevers. Minnesota takes Jermaine Johnson. Houston takes N'Kobe Dean. Baltimore taking Chris Alave. The Philadelphia Eagles first pick, Devin Lloyd. The New Orleans Saints first pick, Trevor Penning. Los Angeles Chargers take Tyler Smith. Left tackle out of Tulsa. The Eagles with their second pick take Traylon Burks. The New Orleans Saints draft Malik Willis. And the Pittsburgh Steelers take Trent McDuffie. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We will finish out the draft starting number 21 overall, the New England Patriots. All right. Number 21, the New England Patriots are on the clock. There's three names in my head right now. Three names. A wide receiver, a defensive back, and a defensive tackle. And I'm going to go with the defensive tackle. I'm taking Jordan Davis here. Um, this is a val unbelievable value pick. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the talent that exists in Jordan Davis, right, the potential that exists, I think – 
Bill Belichick sees that and starts to salivate in his mouth a little bit, right? So what this guy can do. I also think if there's a place where Jordan Davis is going to buy in, he's going to be in shape, he's going to be at the playing weight he has to be, New England's a really good bet for him to do that. And we know the history of de- interior defensive linemen uh, and Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, Vince Wilfork, right? And you look at the, the last few championship runs that they've had, whether it's the Kyle Van Noys and, and guys, like, guys like that, um, Trey Flowers, who have been really, really good players. Uh, now, this is a little bit different, right? Because he's built more like Vince Wilfork. Yeah. He can actually play a little bit like Kyle Van Noy because that's the kind of freak that he is. I think Jordan Davis goes to New England. I think he stays in really good shape, and I think he ends up being a cornerstone of that defense moving forward. Um, they were already one of the best defenses in the NFL last year, and now you're going to have another guy in there who's just going to be an absolute problem uh, for the rest of that division. I agree. I think it's a good fit with New England. They're going to keep him in shape. If he's not, it'll be a problem. So, like, if you're ever worried about – something like that. And he goes to new England instantly, your worries are kind of gone. Right. So yeah. Um, a great fit and total value pick. I mean, this would be one of the steals of the draft if he dropped this far. Absolutely. And, and I feel like it would be only if it were Jordan Davis, otherwise I'd, I'd say what your, your other ones, I, I would go defensive back there if, if Jordan Davis were not on the board, but yeah, that's an excellent pick. Well, the, and the, the defensive back I'm, I, I'm, thinking about too is just like a perfect hybrid guy for them that i that i almost stuck with the eagles too on at 18 but yeah um, yeah i think it's just a it's a good pick all right number 22 veto the green bay packers all right they need a receiver and I, as much as i love jameson williams they need a receiver now they can't wait for him to come back from an injury so i'm going to go with Jahan dotson out of penn Ooh. state um i i they need somebody that's going to come it. in and contribute instantly and his ability if you watch this last year he was one of the only targets and again, he was just targeted nonstop and he'd make contested catches. That's what you need in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers knows where to put the ball. He just needs someone to go out there and get it. I think they get Jahan Dotson here in the first round. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. Man. It's, a, it's, a deep, yeah. it's a deep ball guy that they haven't had. You know, obviously, Devontae Adams can do a little bit of everything. But um, I also think so can Jahan Dotson. Uh, but I think the threat of the deep ball in that offense with Aaron Rodgers, I think that's, that's a fantastic pick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, because I mean, I've seen you know boards with other wide receivers higher, uh, particularly the the one out of out of North Dakota State, Christian uh, uh, Watson, Um, and the idea that you know you can get a guy who played in uh, a a Big Ten offense, uh, the history of of Penn State wide receivers coming out of the draft over the last five six years. God, I love him. Uh, I hope he, I hope he goes too good. It would be great to see him play with with Aaron Rodgers instead of some other Joker in Kansas City. I mean, geez, um, no, yeah, it's a great pick. Joker, yeah, in Kansas. love it. Um, all right, Scotty, you're up. The Arizona Cardinals at 23. Talk about needs. Uh, do you keep, uh, do you keep pounding the, uh, the rock and uh, and let the offensive line get better uh, so you can protect Kyler Murray? Um, or do you invest elsewhere because you just lost Chandler Jones? I say yes. And this is where George Karloftis comes off the board. Defensive end out of Karloftis comes off the board. Defensive end out of Purdue. Trying to make him more Greek than he is. Uh, yeah, Chandler Jones is gone. They need someone else uh, off the edge. Uh, it seems like a no-brainer to me. 
Yeah, Karloftis is another one of those guys who, you know, had a really good year in college, and and I think a lot of people projected as as a first round pick. Um, but he just doesn't have that twitchiness, you know, that that a lot of guys kind of fall in love with. Um, he reminds me of of the other kid who came out of Purdue a couple of years ago, who's uh, on the Bills now, whose name is uh, is is escaping me. Um, but similar defensive end, uh, Ed, oh no, from Iowa, AJ Epinesa. Um, mm. Very similar players. Uh, again, not that overwhelming speed or explosiveness, but just a really good pass rusher, a guy that you can kind of have in, in a rotation there. Um, Arizona is an interesting run, right? Cause they lost Christian Kirk. They bring back uh, AJ green, but Christian Kirk led the team in receiving yards last year. Christian Kirk had over a thousand yards. Um, AJ green had flashes last year, but couldn't really stay healthy. Deandre Hopkins at this point of his career hasn't stayed healthy, but when he is healthy, he's still one of the best wide receivers in football. So I would probably look at wide receiver here, um, but Jahan, Jahan Dotson getting taken obviously is is a is a bummer. Um, I could see them taking a chance on Jameson Williams. You know, you'll probably yeah. get him back week three, week four, uh, give just a, a really good deep threat to replace what Christian Kirk did, but then also all the other stuff that Jameson Williams can do too. And I think pairing him up with Kyler Murray adds another element of explosion in that offense and speed in that offense that, um, you know, they can do a lot. Now they still have Rondell Moore there who had flashes who I think will get an opportunity to step up without Christian Kirk. Who's a guy I love that they drafted last year. Um, but it's uh, it, it, you know, at the same time, adding depth to your defensive line, especially with JJ Watt on the other side, who's also injury prone and stuff. That's not a bad move either. I'm, I'm totally with that. Yeah. Uh, I think you said all those points. It's great. I, I think that's the spot. Again, no matter what happens on end, you're always going to cycle guys into the game. So no matter what, even guys who are technically backups get to play. It's a spot you always need more. But it's it's really one of the rarest spots, I think, in football, right? Offensively, you might switch wide receivers or running back once in a while. Your line stays. On defense, those ends cycle a lot you know, on a lot of teams now. So um, I, I do like that pick. Yeah. Uh, number 24, the Dallas Cowboys on the clock. Um now, there's a couple of, op- you know, this team needs some help, clearly. I don't know what they can do to negate Mike McCarthy. I think that's ultimately the biggest problem. But what we did see was that Dan Quinn did a really good job of finding ways to fit a uniquely skilled player uh, into a system and let him flourish, right? And that's that Micah Parsons last year. And he was he was huge for them. Uh, and I thought about wide receiver. Obviously, they lost Amari Cooper, who – Going back to when we were talking about all the wide receivers that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to go up against forgot. Yeah. Mark Cooper's also in Cleveland too. So another plus for the Trent McDuffie pick there of Scotty uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I'm having the Dallas Cowboys take Daxton Hill uh, safety corner hybrid out of Michigan, <sighs> really good physical player. He played primarily slot corner in Michigan, but they also used him in a bunch of different ways. They used him at outside linebacker. They sent him on blitz. They had him play traditional safety. They had to move all over the field. And if we saw Dan Quinn, we saw what he did, you know, for years in Seattle with Cam Chancellor, right? Uh, and we saw obviously what he did last year too. And he even before he got hurt, Keanu Neal, when he was the head coach in Atlanta, was kind of that same way. And uh, we saw what he did last year with Micah Parsons as well. I think this is a great fit. Uh, I would also say y'all, y'all's guy, Arnold uh, Ibakite. Um, he's another guy who I think, you know, again, just defensive end outside linebacker, but they have DeMarcus Lawrence who they're paying a lot of money to, and they're going to need him to kind of step up. Uh, and you have Micah Parsons. So the pass rush should, still should be there. I like the idea of getting someone to help them in the secondary and Daxon Hill's the best on the board. I agree. Uh, I'm ex- I was going to take him with the next pick, but, um, <laughs> he, well, he's and you're right. He's so versatile. He's going to fit somewhere on that team. 
And that's been Dallas's MO. I think, um, and for everyone's sake, like we do not have trades in this draft, as you could tell, right? Yeah. I think if Dallas somehow got their shit together, I would love to see them trade for a coach. It hasn't happened since Gruden way back <laughs> in the day, but like trade your goddamn first round picks, trade a first and a second, do whatever, give money and get like, get a coach, get any of the coach, like not any, I shouldn't say that, but like, um, I just think that that's that like Zach Taylor would be amazing. Like just, just, uh, he wouldn't leave in Cincy and they wouldn't do that, but you know what I mean? It's just hilarious. Like get your coaching out of your way. You're right. That's their biggest issue. Love the pick though. Uh, all right, Vito, you're up. The Buffalo Bills are 25. So since Daxon Hill's gone, I'm going to take Andrew Booth Jr. I think they need a corner. Um, so going with him out of Clemson, um, again, good talent. Uh, just just fits a need, and it's about where um, he's kind of projected to go late first to kind of make sense. So um, that that's where I'm going. I think it's a good pick. Um, really good. And like that press man coverage. Uh, and again, you know, they lost Tredavious – or they, they – Lost your Davis White from the ACL last year, so they're going to need immediate help at that position. Obviously, expecting that out of a corner is a lofty expectation, but it's a dude who played in a bunch of big games, played a big-time program, went up against big-time talent, uh, especially just in practice every day. And um, and we've seen, too, uh, Clemson cornerbacks have done pretty pretty well, right? Uh, the dude from who's playing in Atlanta, whose name is escaping me right now, um, who they took early a couple of years ago is, and, and a lot of people questioned that pick. A lot of people had him as, as like a second round. He was one of the best corners in, in um, football last year. If we can get Zach on that, I don't know why my brain is not remembering people's names today. Oh, uh, uh, he, uh, damn. I'm going to hear it. It's going to make me so mad. Um, it's not, it's not Desmond Trufant, is it? No. Nope. no. Um, oh, we're having trouble. Zach's Zach's gotten a little, uh, he's had a little too many Coronas. He's AJ uh, Terrell. Thank you, Terrell. Um, um, yeah, sorry. AJ Terrell is on, Zach. Uh, Zach, yeah. If I have to beat Zach, we might need to renegotiate his, his it's salary. The deal, he's he's Australian. It's like nighttime for him. It's a whole thing. He's already drunk. But uh, mm. no, I, I do think the other piece of this is that, to your point, Travis White's coming back, but Levi Wallace, who is the other corner, he left. And so they yeah. do need that replacement. Um, but yeah, that's, that's who we're going with with Buffalo. I also wouldn't hate if they took Jamison Williams here. Um, you know, yes, he's, I agree. He's still on the board, right? Uh, again, you're not going to get him right off the bat. Uh, but for the talent level, I mean, if James Williams doesn't get hurt, he's the number one receiver taken in this class. And I understand that, you know, that is still a big if he did get hurt, right? But if you put him with Buffalo, right? Oh my God. Uh, they, you know, uh, the opposite Stefan Diggs, or they just locked up for another three years uh, on the extension. And you're talking about the deep threat. You're talking about just two guys who, who could absolutely terrorize. And you, Josh Allen, right? I mean, uh, Josh Allen can throw the ball as far as anybody in the NFL. And James Williams can do a lot more than just run fast and, and go deep, right? Um, so you're getting just an absolute explosive athlete. Uh, and, and I think he would have been a really good fit there for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah. All right, Scotty, you are up. The Tennessee Titans huge huge position of need at 26 the tennessee titans take an interior lineman oh you did the guy who can play both guard and center zion johnson out of boston college uh it's it's you take him for the versatility he's got to be there uh to to protect uh, your most prized asset in derrick henry uh not that he can't run the ball without a terrible offensive line but you know the more we saw last year was the first time he got banged up uh, and, and the more you can keep that from happening, uh, the better you are. 
and and so I, I think you you add depth there, you 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 shore up one of the the real big positions of need, Zion Johnson. That's a great pick, and that's exactly who I was going to take too with my next pick. Um, yeah, he was the best interior. Well, Linderbaum's the best interior uh, uh, offensive lineman, but he can only really play center. Uh, you're not going to be able to stretch him out on the outside. Zion Johnson can slide inside out um, and really dominated in every matchup. I actually watched him at his tape the other day. And uh, yeah, no, cause I hadn't, I hadn't known a lot about him, didn't know much about him. And he was like kind of the number one interior guy. And uh, that offensive line definitely needs help. You're going to get Taylor Lewan back uh, who at this point is starting to kind of be at the peak of his, you know, career kind of on the downswing, especially with some of his injuries. Um, but no, I, I think that's a, I think that's a good pick. I think it's a good pick. Uh, Anything else you got there, Vito, on Zion Johnson? No, good pick. Interior, like when you can pick up a good interior guy this late, it really translates well. I mean, um, I just think that when people talk, they always talk about tackles, and that's the first spot taken. But guard, especially a pulling guard um, who's athletic, is super valuable, especially teams that run as much as Tennessee. So I really like that pick. All right. Uh, Next up, Tampa Bay at 27. Um, What do you get the guy who's got everything? Right. Uh, what do you what do you get the team that's got everything? So to me, this is a I'm looking at rotation guys. I'm looking at guys who can step in right away. And when I think rotation, I think defensive line, I think running back. Um, and I think I'm going to go with running back here. I'm going to have the Tampa Bay Bucks take Isaiah Spiller running back out of Texas A&M. Now, I don't wow. believe I do not believe he will be a first round pick. Let me say this now. And this is off of if I'm the one if I'm the GM. Right. This is my right. big board. Isaiah Spiller is the most explosive out of all these guys. He's not going to be an every down back. He's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield way better than Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette has just started to get good at that at this point of his career. You still have Ronald Jones there. You have Leonard Fournette. And now you can bring in an exciting speedster type guy who can come in, break plays open for you, be an immediate impact player because he's just that good of an athlete. Um, if you're thinking of a team that maybe would want like an every down back or a 50% of the snap kind of back, you would lean Kenneth Walker. You would look at Brees Hall, but for what Tampa Bay needs an explosive guy, another weapon for them to use. I think it makes all the sense in the world. The offensive line is good. The one spot I would like would have been Zion Johnson to shore up a a guard. That's really the only weakness they have on that team. Uh, And they're already so deep at DN they drafted, um, you know, the kid out of Washington last year who ended up being one of the best all, uh, rookie defensive linemen in all of football. And I think, you know, you don't necessarily need the rotational depth on the defensive end. You don't necessarily even need a running back. But if it's an embarrassment of riches kind of scenario, I'm taking Isaiah Spiller here. Um, the other thought I had, too, was maybe Jamison Williams here as well. Right. But you're our, you know, he's coming off of an ACL. Well, they just paid a guy who's also coming off of an ACL and Chris Godwin. Right. So it's not like you're going to get him any sooner than you're going to get Chris Godwin. Uh, in fact, I think Chris Godwin actually got hurt a couple months before he did, uh, which only helps the timeline. And I think you'd get him back sooner. So I'm taking Isaiah Spiller. No, I, I like it. Um, again, you're, again, to your point, this is when a couple of years ago when Kansas City ended up getting um, uh, Edwards Hilaire. Like mm-hmm. at number 32, it was like you already had a running back and then, and then some things happened there with their running back situation. But again, it was more of out of the backfield, a dynamic player that, you know, you, he's going to get touches and he's going to get a thousand yards throughout the year. You have no idea how, but he's going to help the team. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly kind of my thought process there. Yeah. Um, all right, Vito, you are up with Green Bay once again. Oh, at man. 
So this is tough, man. This is a really tough one because I think I might go Jameson Williams, even though I just got him Dotson. Like, and I think I'm doing this purely out of, you know what, Rodgers, you do deserve some goddamn weapons. And we're finally going to make up for it in the 2022 draft by getting you two of them, um, which could end up being two of the best wide receivers in the class. There's something in me, though, that like, obviously, I just I don't think that's what they're going to do, you know? And well, I can th- I can throw a couple names out there that I at least I, and maybe I can sway you. Right. I'm calling you up GM on the phone here. Yeah, well, I, I think um, Arnold uh, and Becky, I, I can't even say his name. Ebikiti. Thank you. Ebikiti. Once I hear it, I can say it. But Ebikiti is a great pick because they do need an edge rusher. Um, you get a guy like like even Quay Walker because they do need some linebacker help. But um, would you would you take a risk on a Jabo here? I would being that it's your second pick in the first round. I would not because I don't want to take a risk on a guy, man, maybe, but he just got injured. I I guess the point that that's what I'm saying. The point for him is that he's like almost, I think a year or he's coming back in the playoffs and or late in the year. And when you're talking about a guy like Aaron Rodgers, the window's closing. Yeah. You want to help him out immediately. And I don't, that's why I don't want to get, that's why I'm almost shying away from Williams anyway. Boye wow. Mafi is another guy, the outside linebacker yeah. from Minnesota, who's just mm-hmm. pure edge guy, right? Like you're just going to bring him in and say, just get after the quarterback and nothing else, right. um, which is a valuable asset to have, uh, you know, because it's not like they don't have anybody at wide receiver. Uh, and, exactly. and we've also seen if there's one thing we know about Aaron Rodgers is he elevates the guys who are around him, right? So you're still going to have Alan Lazard. You're still going to have Equinemius Sid Brown. You know, you're still going to have uh, MVS. You know, so you're going to have guys there. I also like Jalen Pitter from uh, Baylor, who's safety, who could be good. Um, but they also, again, like as a team, there aren't a whole lot of holes, right? Uh, you might say Tyler Lindenbaum um, come in as, as a guy who can come in and play center for you right away. Again, not a huge position of need necessarily, but a guy who could plug in and be an offensive lineman right off the bat and, and could be a 10-year t- vet, you know, multi-time pro bowler. Yeah. And, and I mean, out of all these guys, I think, I think just for exciting sake, I'm going to land on Williams just because I really want to just to be like, you know what, Rogers, go have fun. We've been ignoring you. Go, go do it. Um, I, I really, in my heart of hearts, I think they'll go defensive end or uh, like an edge rusher, like you're saying, but. Well, I think f- he's the best player on the board left, you know, even with the yeah. injury, I do. I do still think he's the best player on the board. And so if nothing else, then you're saying, Hey, you know what? Jahan Dotson, Jamison Williams. Now all of a sudden you got guys who you know can come in and be explosive playmakers for you, ideally in year one. And if we know anything about the last couple of years in the first round wide receivers, it's that if you, if we got two first round draft picks and took all of those wide receivers in, in the last two or three drafts, you're hitting on at least one of those two. Right. Yeah. Um, as, and not just hitting is in like, Oh, this guy might be good hitting as in like, this guy's a day one going to be a, a problem in the NFL. Yeah. Pro bowling, like potential right away. Yeah. I'm with you. All right, Scotty, Kansas city, first of back-to-back picks. Yeah. Interesting. It's rare that you see the, uh, the back-to-back where you can throw the, uh, the old, uh, twofer into the, uh, into the commissioner's hand. Uh, this is so obvious. You have to go with a wide receiver at this point, just because of the fact that you lost Tyreek Hill uh, and you, you don't have much else there. Uh, all of the super, I think, elite, like the tier one wide receivers and even uh, dipping into tier two, I think, have come off the board uh, already. I had Jahan Dotson here, but Vito uh, swooped him up ahead of me. Uh, so I'm going to go with Christian Watson, uh, another another 
uh, speedy wide receivers. So uh, just to fill in a position of need, and he's the best wide receiver left on the board is really all that is. And he got back-to-back picks, so you can do what you want with them. Uh, you know, if you value a uh, – uh, as if it matters, back-to-back. But if you value a, a guy here – or if there's you know some kind of trade that's happened in front of you where uh, you need to pick up another position, need like a like a cornerback if a Daxon Hill's still on the board here, uh, you know that's that's what I would go with. But, Let me throw uh, out yeah. a hypothetical for you guys here because I first of all I like the pick. I, I don't love Christian Watson, but I get why people like him. He's six five. He's he is fast. It's just you are taking the FCS guy, right? So he could be Cooper Cup. Not likely. Um, or he could just be, a, you know, a guy who kind of flames out. But at least with skill position guys, you look at the last two really big names who have gone from the FCS uh, that aren't quarterbacks. Dallas Goddard has been really good. He translated. And then obviously Cooper Cup as well. Um, as far as guys who were drafted in the first two rounds straight out of the FCS. But let me throw a hypothetical out for you guys. You're Kansas City, right? You're Andy Reid. You're in the war room. Call up John Lynch. Say, hey, Johnny boy. I got back-to-back first-round picks here. And you guys have a wide receiver who does not want to be in San Francisco. 29 and 30 for Debo Samuel. What do you? What does John Lynch say? I'd do it. I would do it if I, I were him. I think it's a good trade for both sides. I yeah. really do. Because you're not going to get that that elite wide receiver at, like we saw. Maybe, maybe if Jameson Williams falls, they don't make that call. But Jeff, I love that decision to, to make that call because of the fact that it works out for both teams and you're almost getting, I don't want to compare anyone to Tyree Kill because he's so unique, but a younger version of at least the speed and something he represented and the thing that your team's going to miss. And the versatility, yeah, but, yeah. right? The amount of times that you, you know, you use Tyree Kill in end arounds and you used him around the, the creativeness that, especially in the play calling to Andy Reid and the play design around the goal line where they do the little shovel passes and they do the, you know, Debo would be, phenomenal with Patrick Mahomes unless you have intel that would suggest that one of the reasons Debo wants to move on from San Francisco is because he doesn't want to be that versatile uh wide receiver and extend his career by being a a prototype wide receiver rather than getting run into the ground that that's true um but money talks too Mm -hmm. you know I think I think he doesn't want to do that unless you pay him Right. Fair enough. And and <laughs> from from a cap thing, it might be a little tough for Kansas City to make it work if you front loaded it or back loaded it and kept a little front. But you guaranteed a lot of that back end money, um, you know, pairing him with with a with Mahomes. But then again, with a play caller like Andy Reid, you still have Travis Kelsey there. Uh, I think it would be an awesome pairing. I think it would be exciting. And also, I don't think they would use him as much as a right. Like, a lot of that stuff that we all fell in love about Debo this year with how much of a runner he was and how efficient he was. Like if he had had based off the efficiency alone from his care carries, if he had had the same amount of touches as Jonathan Taylor last year, he would have had 2,100 yards on the ground. Yeah. That's right? wild. <laughs> but so much of that came as a necessity because San Francisco is where running backs go to get hurt and, and die and flame out of the NFL for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't know what that is. It's just bad luck that they've been on for the last few years here. But a lot of that was necessity. And I don't think with, you know, you look at the running back room with Jarek McKinnon, Clyde edwards Lair, they're not going to ask him to do as much of that, but they are going to be able to use his skill set or would be able to use his skill set to be even arguably even better than he was in San Francisco. So I don't know. It was just a thought there. Again, San Francisco has like no draft picks this year. You're getting two back-to-back in the first round. 
Kansas City is getting someone who's going to help them right now, who's still on the younger side and I think would be a perfect fit. Uh, but since you took Christian Watson, going back to our draft, 30, uh, there's two guys I have kind of on my board. Um, and one is a position of need and one is just best player available. Um, and I'm going to take, I don't want to, I, I, I want, you know, I'm going to do the position of need here or who I also think is a really, really good player. Lewis Seen, uh, safety out of Georgia. Um, they're more than likely, barring anything unforeseen, not going to have Tyron Matthew back next year. Uh, and we know how important Tyron Matthew was for, for that defense. Lewisine played safety, nickel corner, wideout corner, and linebacker for Georgia all last year. He's a 4-3 guy. Um, and the fact that he would not be a first-round pick or would fall out is only because he's a safety, right? Just like linebacker, just like center safeties oftentimes unless it's a generational dude like Kyle Hamilton they just don't get drafted that high I even said that when I took Kyle Hamilton at six I don't expect Kyle Hamilton to get drafted that high but I think he should because he's that impactful of a player so Lewisine going to since uh, going to Kansas City at 30 overall I like the pick because of what you said it's it's almost like the guy who's coming up next who's replacing him out of the SEC he played some corner he can do both um Listen, they need all the help they can get on that defensive side. So um, I, I do. I like I like the pick. It does. Yeah. It's a it's a huge need. That's what I was saying is that you could you could you have to go with if you don't trade them. And I feel like if you are trading them, you're trading both. Uh, as you suggested, Jeff, uh, they, you have to go wide receiver defensive back. Like it, it's the most obvious thing in the world. Yeah. And they're not terrible on at outside corner right now, but they need help if they lose Tyron Matthew. They need yeah. someone who can come down and play in the box. They need someone who can match up one-on-one with tight ends. They need someone who can play cornerback if you need them. That's the, what we what we just described and what we saw from Tyron Matthew is exactly what Lewis Seen just did for one of the best defense college defenses we've seen arguably ever. So, all right, uh, 31, Cincinnati Bengals and yes. Vito. Where, so, uh, where, where is Cincinnati going? Real quick before I make my pick, I just looked something up here and on the classic Jimmy Johnson draft trade chart, just just for shits and gigs, if Kansas City traded their two picks based off of the chart, they could get in between basically picks 10 and 11 in this draft. So there's also the possibility they end up taking those trading up to get a more elite playmaker. Drake London is what who we had there at 11. Hmm. Um, also a possibility. Um, but that's interesting. Back to my pick, Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler Lindenbaum, good player, good center, young, might as well add him to this squad and, and again, help support um, and, and have an ally on the offensive line with protection, blocking schemes, get everything ready for, for him and Burrow for the next 8, 10, 20 years, whatever they're going to play. It. You know, yeah. When we get older, these quarterbacks can play till 45, 50. But sure. uh, seriously, I think these guys are, are um, the Bengals offense. It's young, it's talented. You might as well add another lineman in there, and I think he's a good fit for that team. I think that's yeah. a great, I think it's a great pick. I, I think yeah. it's a fantastic pick. Um, I, I'll be honest. I don't know much about Cincinnati center right now, at least not off the top of my head. I, I gotta, I gotta get brushed up a little bit on the interior defensive line from Cincinnati. Um, but Linderbaum regardless comes in and, and starts for you day one. Uh, the only other option I would say there is uh, Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle out of Georgia would be good. They definitely need help along the defensive line. Um, and maybe yeah. even, you know, they lost Ogan Joby. Yeah, and then uh, Ibikite too, the our, your guys guy out of uh, Penn State, and you can mm -hmm. put Mafia in that conversation as well. Um, yeah, 
No, I like I the offensive Letterman. line pick too. Yeah, you give some depth, even though you signed Kappa and uh, and Ted Karras uh, this year. You give you provide some depth there. The I would have, if it weren't for the true center and Linderbaum, I would have gone with uh, with like Kenyon Green, who we haven't called out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as I say, yeah, the current center is Trey Hopkins. He he did okay in PFF. Nothing nothing special. Perfect. Yeah. All right. All right. Last pick of the draft: the Detroit Lions' second pick. In the first round, number 32. I'm curious to see where Scotty's going to go here because there's some strategic play that can come into this. You know, it's the last pick where you have that fifth year option of control over the player, uh, but it's also a team that has a lot of holes and there's still some really high quality talent on the board. So, Scotty, who did the Detroit Lions take at 32 overall? A lot of holes, uh, one of them being the interior offensive line. A guy I just called out, Kenyon Green, would be great here, but because of the contract situation, they are drafting quarterback Kenny Pickett out of Mm. the University of Mm. Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett, huh? Yeah, that's my pick. I I think they're going to have their guy. The point is they're going to take a quarterback here because of the contract situation, uh, whether that's uh, Corral or Ritter or Kenny Pickett. Uh, but if Malik Willis is off the board and Kenny Pickett's probably most people's second quarterback on the board. Yeah. Jeff, can you explain that contract situation again? What, what does so, that 32 mean? So essentially once you get past the first round, every first round draft pick, regardless of position, you get four years in your contract, but there's a fifth year team option, which means that the team has control all over you. So, you know, we hear it all the time, but, with certain quarterbacks or whatever, like Danny Dimes this year, right? Danny Dimes, they have to decide whether or not they're going to extend him his fifth-year option, which means it just gives the team an extra year of control, which particularly matters when you're talking about quarterbacks because if you hit on the quarterback and he is your franchise quarterback, that's one extra year that you don't have to pay him premium franchise quarterback money. Yep, exactly. And it's a great point, Scott. Like, you might as well take – a shot at somebody if you have 32 when you don't know, you know, you probably don't have your franchise quarterback. Goss played well on stretches. Like I, 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 I don't hate him, but he's, you know, you might as well take a shot at that point. Yeah. And you know what, the more I think about it, the more I actually think Kenny Pickett makes a lot of sense, right? He's blue collar guy, football guy, loves the game grinder, like not afraid to lower his shoulder kind of guy into you. Um, but I think you fix that. Yeah, the fake slide, right? You, you kind of get the yeah. They, Matt Dan Campbell would see that and be yeah. like, like, oh my god, what a what a fucking game, you know? Um, but I think you can say the same thing with any of the next three quarterbacks that are available, yeah, whether it's absolutely. Pickett, whether it's Ritter, or whether it's Matt Corral. I think all three of them have that same thing there. It's just a matter of who it is that you know, talent wise, whatever matches up that you like the most. Yep, um, agreed. Same. All right, so that is the end of the first round to recap twenty one to thirty two. Uh, New England takes Jordan Davis. The Packers take Jahan Dotson. The Cardinals take George Karloftis. Dallas takes Daxton Hill. The Bills take Andrew Booth Jr. Tennessee takes Zion Johnson. Tampa Bay takes Isaiah Spiller. Green Bay takes Jameson Williams. Kansas City, Christian Watson. Kansas City again with Lewis Seen. Cincinnati with Tyler Linderbaum. And 32 Detroit wraps up with Kenny Pickett. All right, before we go... After the draft is done, we have the list in front of us. What was your favorite and your least favorite draft picks uh, that either you made or that one of us made? I love Jahan Dotson to Green Bay. 
And that's not coming. It's partially coming as a Penn State guy. But I think Jahan needs the right quarterback. And that was proven a lot with, uh, with Sean Clifford at Penn State. So if, if you can get in a, in a spot where you're playing with uh, an, an elite-level quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, uh, and again, like you said, Jeff, if for nothing else to kind of pull the top off and, and, and open it up for, for Rodgers, uh, that, that to me at that level is, is good value. And, and I love that pick, Vito. Uh, my favorite's the Jordan Davis pick, Jeff. You made mm. New England. I mean, it's just it's such great value. It's such a Bill Belichick move too to be like, are you guys idiots? And then just walk away from the yeah. draft again, <laughs> like a king. Um, and probably my, if I had to pick my least favorite, I'd probably go Charles Cross at five. I just think it's early for him. Um, sorry, Scotty, but that, I, I, hey, if it's your guy, it's your guy. Um, so that that's that's mine. I have to agree with you there, Vito. That that was probably not my. Not my favorite pick, but the rationale and everything behind it was was really strong, um, and, and I, I agree with you. Also, I I don't love the Malik Willis to New Orleans just because I don't I don't think New Orleans is going quarterback here. My gut is telling me they're not going to go quarterback here, mm-hmm. um, but if they do, it's obviously not a bad pick. I just I I guess I don't see the. I also don't think the we're going to have only two quarterbacks taken, and it's going to be at nineteen and thirty two. I think <laughs> I we're I think we're going to see quarterbacks taken off the board earlier, which obviously changes kind of. Um, the rest of this draft. Uh, there's a couple of picks here that, that I really like. Um, I, I'm with you. The Jahan Dotson pick, I think, was was excellent. Um, also, uh, the one that Jameson Williams, the two wide receivers in the first round to Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I got to dox you a little bit on that one. Totally there, fair. Know. Totally. F- that was more for fun than for accuracy, but I, I love it. I just, I want, I want Aaron to have a chance with his guys. Yeah. Um, I love Iki Akunu at eight to Atlanta. Um, whoever they bring in and moving forward, whoever ends up being the guy, I think shoring up that offensive line and getting him at number eight, I think would be a, an absolute steal. And I think uh, Atlanta would walk away really, really happy with that too. So uh, really interesting draft. Love doing this every year. We're going to keep on doing oh, yeah. it next year. And uh, I'm curious to see last year, we actually did pretty well. You know, we hit on some picks. I, I would say, I think we hit like, 12 or so picks in the first round might be even a little higher than that. Um, I'd have to go back and, and check the, uh, check the tapes and check the notes, but um, we did good. So, uh, all right. Are you betting on the, on the first round picks at all? I am not. No, that's a fool's errand. I would love to God. I would love to. Are you going to be in Cleveland? Uh, TBD. We'll see. We'll see TBD. what's going on. I, uh, yeah, no betting on the draft is a fool's errand. Don't there. There's fun things to bet on. To. That's, yeah, that's just for fun. That is not one uh, that I would recommend. I mean, it's one that's just for fun, but don't expect to, to win any money. I would um, love if there was like an over under three and a half trades made in the first round. I'd bet on that. Like that that's probably something. happens. Yeah. Yeah. That, pro- that, pro- that probably is out there. Um, but speaking of Thursday's pod, uh, I'll be up in Philly, but we will, uh, we will have a, uh, like I said, we're going to tape some stuff before the pod, which will be NBA playoffs, some non draft related stuff. And then we're going to hop on and record right around pick 20. Um, maybe after the Eagles second pick, we'll hop on and, and we'll kind of go from there and we'll do our live reaction to those picks, uh, up until 20. And then it'll be live reactions for the rest of the pod, where we'll be doing the pod recording and we'll see, and we'll get some instant kind of reaction to all that too. So, uh, thank you everybody for, everybody for listening. If you haven't go check out the interview with Ryan leaf, it's on our YouTube, the whole interview is on the YouTube, uh, and the whole podcast is out as well. Thank you boys for hopping on, uh, mock draft. 
season two, like second mock draft, not season, I guess second mock draft. It's in the books. Uh, for the boys, have a wonderful rest of your week. We will talk to you guys on Friday. Happy draft week. Take it easy, everybody.